listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. on that other shit i'm harder than the consonant and that's because i'm flyer than the mothership you awesome rich i'm awesome rich call a bitch fresher than my lozenges the problem is you in the danger zone like kenny loggins is me fly you know see me tight the man them see me sick you know see they right uh you think see your body eh? you gotta put your blood clot to bed at night yeah you gotta sit on the bench because i'm not playing a game yeah, me just a spit the Bellevue. What's the man them go? Him, him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, welcome to the Black Guy Tips podcast. Your host Rod and Karen, and we're in the house for another episode on a Sunday. Praise Tebow. Yes. Um, while we're giving out uh all kinds of free podcasting, just like Tebow gives out that. Free entertainment to the masses for us all to be able to rally behind him and watch him get the victory. Um, and I, I haven't even finished watching the game. I just know I'm not sure that they got the win, Karen. I don't need to see the game. Um, but in, in case you're, you know, first time listening, yeah. first time hearing these people, this is the BlackOutTips.com. And the guests that we have have both been on the show before. Yes, they have. Numerous times. Yes. Now, the first voice... You may recognize as comedian Chris Lambert. Say what's up to everybody, Chris. What's up, everybody? And uh, everybody knows they can go check your website out, the mundanefestival.tumblr, which is now just 
a bunch of everything like it used to kind of just be like some comedy stuff and all that now it's music it's everything is on there man what's, yeah. so what's going on with your site yeah it's just stuff that i like i mean a lot of a lot of my friends always ask oh chris what are you listening to what are you watching so i just uh use that tumblr to to promote the stuff i'm listening to along with the shows that i got going on and just just fun stuff it's nice having your own website if it wasn't so pretentious to tell your friends to go to it you know yeah. Like I like I like the fact that I can be like, yeah, man, you didn't see that trailer for oh, you know what? Blackoutips.com. Check it out. <laughs> you know? I like that, but then part of me is like I can never say that to somebody I know in real life because they'll be like, fuck you, I'm not going to your website. Just tell me if you like this movie or not. You no. Know? Right. <laughs> Too much work. Um and then of course, uh on YouTube, being a comedian, you have Chris Lambert comedy. Yes, it's uh if you go to YouTube, it's I think it's like youtube dot com backslash Chris Lambert comedy. Uh I got some clips up there and uh some uh sketches that I've done recently. So uh yeah, some stuff up there. Some pretty cool stuff. Now Chris, man, you uh, and this is uh, a lot of comedians have this issue. Man, you never promote your shit really. Like you just kinda I see you on Twitter and stuff, just chilling. And whatnot, but like I even I'm surprised that there's a YouTube channel where I can go get all the Chris Lambert needs I need filled up, and <laughs> and and you just kind of like yeah man I got a little song you know, you know on the I side do. you know what I'm yeah you know uh, you know comedy well it's you <laughs> go ahead go I'm sorry go ahead go ahead Morgan yeah oh I wasn't saying anything I was closing my window actually man oh okay oh. yeah tell some people to shut up what was you gonna say Chris oh no it's just uh. <laughs> It's just, uh, I have, like, if you go to my Twitter, like, I'm at Chris Lambert, and you look at my bio, my website is uh, my YouTube page, and it's just stuff that goes, oh, that guy, let's see what this guy's about, and it gives you, I've got about seven or eight videos up, and you got to get to see what my comedy is about, what my style is like, and, and maybe you come to a show, and then sometimes when I have a show, I'll tweet it, um, you know, I try not to flood the market, but my stuff is out there if you want to, if you want to check me out. Why not, though, man? I mean, people are following you for you, you know? So, like, why would you not want them to get more you? Uh, I mean, I think I'm there. Like, I think I'm available. I'm, I'm like, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Plus. LinkedIn has been courting me for quite some time. I don't know if I'm about to do <laughs> that deal, but uh, I'm, I'm out there. I'm, All right. I'm accepting. I'm just saying, man, if I was you, like, one out of every ten tweets would be like, and hey, check out my YouTube page. Yes, sir. Because, oh, like I said, I fuck with you a lot, and I didn't even know this. We talk almost every day. And I'm like, God damn, Chris got a YouTube page? I'm late. Oh, for real? <laughs> no? no, you put some stuff up there. You got, you actually uh, put some, you retweeted me a couple times for that. All right, man. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> it don't feel like, it feel, don't feel like you promoting enough. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just even if I, even if I'm not promoting, I'm cooking. I always say like I'm I'm on my Walter White. That's that's a Breaking Bad reference. I'm cooking. You know you may, <laughs> you may not all see it. I'm just cooking. don't blow nothing up. Yeah, I'm cooking all that. Stuff. <laughs> and, uh, it's 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 gonna be a time and place for everybody to come eat. So, all right. My other thing for uh for you, Chris, of course. Um, first of all, go ahead and promote your uh, Twitter handle. Okay. Do that. Sure, sure. I'm at Chris Lambert, uh, regular spelling, C-H-R-I-S, Lambert, L-A-M-B-E-R-T-H. It's like a lamb giving birth without mm. the eye. Yeah. And, of course, uh, you're also a big Childish Gambino fan such as myself. Yes. 
Yeah, so, I, I dig his stuff, man. I, I'm I'm surprised that uh, that he. I'm not surprised that he's blowing up, but I was surprised at the amount of people that really dig his stuff because I remember when he first came out, I was like, "Oh, this guy's pretty cool." And when Cold Sack dropped, I found myself listening to it like all the time, and so it kind of took me by surprise that a lot of hip hop cats are really like you know like diehard cats are really getting on to him. So that's that's cool. Nine more days till camp. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm anticipating that more than watch the throne, man, for real. I well, yeah, me too. I, I always dig like the indie artists coming up and, and uh he's got some he's got some good songs. I've heard a few and the snippets are on Amazon dot com. I know you're not into you wanna hear the whole thing, but he's got Yeah, some- man. Chris like for those that don't know, like behind the scenes, cause you know, we so excited about this album. Like Chris has been hitting me up with emails, direct messages, links to live shows, like Hey man, Childish Gambino, Childish Gambino. And the other day, like I almost watched a whole live concert. Luckily, I was out at the time and I was uh running late. So when I got back home, the concert was over, so I missed it. But then I realized I was about to watch this motherfucker perform his album before I heard the album, and I actually don't want to do that. I would like to hear the album as a cohesive, uh, you know, art artistic uh piece right. um for me to evaluate when it comes out, like, just one, you know, I, I don't mind listening to a single or, or something like that, but um, I was realizing, like, I was starting to, like, because, and it wasn't just you, Chris, everybody was doing it, but I was starting to hear, like, the whole album, I'm like, okay, this song is on there, I saw him perform that live, that song's oh, on I there, heard I heard anything the, uh, except for the campfire song, the bonfire, bon- so, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, basically, I had to hit him with a DM, like, hey, man, no more links, because, I feel like, uh, and it wasn't like something against Chris. I feel like a crack fiend. Like, keep this <laughs> shit away from me, cause I will. I would have watched that concert. The only thing that saved me was just the fact that I got home late. Well, he <laughs> he basically just did. He did about a fifty minute set, and he did like two or three songs off the album, off the new album. Uh, you know, like I I thought it was cool. Like I've seen him do do some of those songs before, and I just like to. When there's somebody else that shares my light love of an artist or, you know, what I enjoy, like I always like to say, well, this is out here if you, you're into it. You ain't got to, you know, you don't have to, you know, be on it like me, but it's out there. Well, it's kind of like if you're on crack now and I used to be on crack. That's how mm. I feel. And you I came think. to my crib and was like, I got this crack. I'm going to leave it here. I mean, if you're into that, of course I'm into that. So I, had to, so I had to tell you, like, stop bringing crack to my house, man. It's, it's, it's like I will I, watch it. It's like I got this childish Gambino and some cheeseburgers, dog. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm be at the pawn shop trying to get some childish Gambino tickets, man. I had to, I had to chill. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really excited about it. This one and uh, the Roots new album coming out like next month. So I'm. Yeah, I heard. The, yeah, I mean, the Roots for me are kind of like. Uh, what's the best way to put this? The roots for me are kind of like Floyd Mayweather. Oh. Morgan, you might understand this. Speak to me. Um, the Like, Floyd Mayweather could get you hyped with his shit talking and stuff. Yeah. But when I watch the fight, I already know Floyd Mayweather's going to win that fight. And I already know that you can't hit Floyd Mayweather. Right. And I already know that he's probably not going to knock you out, you know, because that's not his style. His style is that you can't hit me and I will just beat your ass all day and, and it'll seem like a boring fight. For people that aren't into Floyd Mayweather. Well, the Roots are like Floyd for me. I already know the album going to be excellent. I, I can't name a bad Roots album. Yes. So I, I, so I, I, can't, I, can't, get, I can't get too excited about the Roots. 
not in a negative way, but just like uh, I'm always up for Roots. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. The Roots album coming out, cool. Like noted. I don't. Like, I don't have, like, a level. Like, Childish Gambino, I'm like, yes, let's fucking, I, oh, it's yes. on. Yeah. The, the Roots, I'm like, oh, again, yeah, okay, I'll I'll be there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, if you're a boxing fan, it's like the difference between liking Mayweather and liking um, Yuri Orcus Gamboa, right? And, oh, you really went there. I don't even know. <laughs> but I'm saying, really if you've been following boxing, Cuba. you're like, yo, I can't wait to see this little Cuban guy. Um fight somebody big because I've been waiting on this. I've been waiting right, okay, to like yeah. make that step up. Oh my goodness, finally he's on a he's on a pay per view with Brandon Rios. So it's gonna be great. Whereas Mayweather yeah. yeah, you you know what level he's at and you know um how well he's gonna promote the fight and then you know what he's gonna gonna deliver every time. It's like it might not be super gonna, Go ahead. No, I'm just saying like somebody going to come up as opposed to somebody that's already right. got your attention. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great analogy, man. And that's exactly how I feel. Uh, about this, but speaking of Morgan, yes, sir. First of all, people might not have recognized Morgan from the opening. No, <laughs> like Jamaican. That, that is because Jamaican. Excuse me, Jamaican man. Yeah, that's because <laughs> uh, Morgan has delivered the uh, opening lyrics a different way every time he's been on the show. Yes, with a different accent. Yeah, uh, accent today, I guess, was a uh, Jamaican. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. Like if. That's how people should recognize me. Every time it's in some type of exotic accent, then you know it's me. Right. Yeah. Well, eventually we will have somebody from, like, England on here, and they go, everybody's going to be upset. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I thought it was Morgan. It's actually an Englishman. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, when he trilingual, he can speak, like, eight different languages. Yeah. It's actually, it's not Morgan. It's Helen Mirren. So it's, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, they actually did get Lennox Lewis on the show. I was... <laughs> Very upset about that. Um, My Jamaican accent might be better than Lennox Lewis's, ironically. But. It might be. Yeah, it <laughs> probably is. I, yeah. You I know what's funny? I was, I was actually thinking of a English accent when I said Lennox Lewis just now, so that should tell you everything about that. <laughs> um, uh, what'd you say, Chris? You actually met him? Yeah, one, he was on uh, Teen Summit one time, and uh, I uh, was in the audience one time, and I you know, talked to him, asked him a question about boxing and stuff. Cool dude. Oh, cool, man. I always, the thing about Lennox, man, I always liked Lennox as a dude. Like, he seemed like he was all right. Yeah. Like, he might have been okay as a dude. But, man, I didn't really like watching him box. I ain't gonna lie. Like, he was too good. Yeah. Only time, the only time he got touched was that Klitschko fight, and then he, like, fucked dude's eye up, and that was enough. They was like, oh, that's the end of the fight. I was like, well, I don't think he's ever getting back in the ring again. He's just gonna leave on that high note. <laughs> he like I don't I don't need to get this ass whooping. He, you know what it was? He's kind of like um, and this this is not to disparage any athletes, but he's kind of like an athlete who's too smart for football. Yes, you know. Yeah. Like uh, I don't know if people remember this guy Rod. I think his name was Robert Rod. Smith. Yeah. Robert, Robert Smith. Yeah. yeah, he's still and, around. He's on ESPN. Yeah, he played for the Vikings, and that motherfucker's like, I'm going back to college, dog. I'm gonna be a doctor or some shit, and he just dipped. Yeah. And I was like, that's actually the most logical thing you can do as a football person is like, why take this risky paycheck right. for longer than I have to? Let's go in, get some money. All right. Should I resign? I mean, I can still play for a few more years. Nah, I'm good. I like my knees. Right. And, and he dipped, man. And, and I felt the same way about Lennox. Like, when he got that opportunity, he was like, man, I'm not going to be fighting till I'm 80. I'm out, man. So, <laughs> I'm too yeah, smart. Hey, my brain. And Lennox is well. Lennox's problem, from a purely boxing standpoint, is that he's the last. Uh, he's from the last generation of heavyweights 
that actually boxed all the way up and took up boxing as a kid um, and followed it through. Uh, because all these heavyweights that came after Lennox Lewis are mostly guys that came from other sports. These are guys that, like, played basketball into high school, maybe into college, and then took up boxing when they were, like, 18, 19, 20, because they were just bigger than everybody else. Um, you know, so and the difference between a guy who boxes from childhood and a guy who takes it up at 18 is, like, is like the difference between learning a language as a kid and learning a language as an adult. Like, if you wait till you're 22 to learn, an, uh, turn a, to learn a language, you are always going to have an accent, period. That's the way it goes. So Lennox was just, like, so far advanced compared to these other heavyweights. That, yeah, a lot of times it was boring because you have, like, a pure boxer beating up on a, a, a football player, um, turn boxer. And then he, then he, leaves after the Klitschko fight and people try to just like you said Rod like try to talk him out of retirement yeah. like we, we can't we can't decide what we want from boxers right like a guy retires um with his brains and with his money uh and yeah. we try to get him to unretire yeah anytime I hear that whole like I can't respect this dude he needs to come back and defend his title I'm like uh why because then when people do that, <laughs> then they wind up punch drunk and you say this idiot should have stayed retired why can't these boxers stay yeah. retired because <laughs> like these stupid about, motherfuckers in the public keep begging them to come back until they until they unretire, and then they get their eggs scrambled, and then we sit there and talk about how sad it is that they got their eggs scrambled. Like we got to do yeah. that. We want because you're not going to clean their uh their uh like their potty right. box. Yeah, it. you're not going to clean up that bedpan. Yeah, the bedpan. <laughs> and the thing is, too, man, with with a lot of this stuff, uh, like when like Roy Jones Jr. who. Yes. who kept coming back to fight and oh, even now back. even now yes. when i see like like he went from like pay-per-view to you gotta pay me to view this shit yes and 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 the, and the thing is like i remember people being like he gotta come back and i remember being like nah you should probably leave like right a couple <laughs> knockouts in i was out you know what yeah, I mean? and i love me some roy jones jr but a couple oh, knockouts in i was like all right i don't want to see this dude get knocked out by every scrub in the world no. so y'all guys can clown him on his way to the bottom right and that's what's happening man it's, i actually find that sad oh it's incredibly sad and again we can't figure out what we want from these people do you want people to retire with good records and straight teeth in um their marbles and their money or do we want people to just keep coming back because, and again, we're not the ones getting in the ring. Do we want them to keep coming back because it entertains us and satisfies us to watch these people lose brain cells and watch them gamble away their money so that they have to come back? Like, we need to decide what we want. Now, of course, you also may recognize Morgan as one of the three hosts yes, mm-hmm. sir. of All Balls Don't Bounce podcast and you can find them on allballsdon'tbounce.com and they're doing it big man they got live shows now mm-hmm. they're doing vocal yeah you know they, they're broadcasting from parts unknown sometimes yeah. i mean i'm like where is that on the map these brothers cannot be stopped it is uh three-fourths of all the black men in canada yep yes, Sa- sasha Cargo has been on yet. sasha yeah. yes sir um and of course he also has his own wordpress uh morgancampbell.wordpress by Morgan. Oh no! By Morgan Campbell. Oh, yes. Because in Ooh. another life, I'm uh, pound for pound the best sports writer in Canada. Um, even though I work in the business section of the Toronto Star, but that doesn't stop me. You see, you seen the stories I've been doing. I do better sports stories now than I was in the sports section. So yeah, I was just about to say, uh, yeah, for a business guy, man, you you write about the business of sports. You know it. Because I and, moved uh, to a new department, I had the discussion with the boss. I'm like, because this was, there's like this mass migration. There's like a trail of tears within the newsroom. It's just like a forced migration of, of writers from one department to another department, like without any consultation. 
Um, so a lot of people had to start from zero. And I just talked to my new boss. I'm like, why should I start from zero when I can start from four? Start from five and just use these contacts that I already have to get a bunch of good stories about this, you know, this, this area, this subject area that nobody's exploring. So that was what uh, I did. And sports is big business. So Huge business. Mm-hmm. it sounds, sounds appropriate to me. And we'll be talking about some sports on today's show. Um, and for those tuning in um, to hear Ryan Jones, he couldn't make it. And we're going to get into why he couldn't make it, but, uh, I guess he does some work with, uh, Penn State as far as talking about athletics and, uh, stuff like that. So something came up this weekend. Sure did. <laughs> and, uh, it was a little bit bigger than the Black Altist podcast. So, but we're going to try to get him back because I really wanted to talk to him about racial issues and not too many white people I know that can't wait to get on a podcast to talk about race. So I was like, <laughs> of course you can be on. Yes. But uh, he couldn't make it, so that so we got Chris instead. So I know a lot of y'all are disappointed, but hey, <laughs> it's okay. And no, I'll just say <laughs> <laughs> um, now. Of course, this is the Blackout Tips podcast. You can find us on the Blackouttips dot com. Go to iTunes, Facebook, Podomatic, Stitcher Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all on there. Um, of course, if you go on iTunes, you leave us a five star review. We actually read those live on the air, each and every one of them. Um, Facebook, join our group. I think we're just now over, was it, 23 or 2400? 20, yep, something like, something that. like that. Yeah. Growing, people like us. It's a lot. They're telling people, you should too. Lost counts. Um, and of course, you can donate to the show when you go to our, uh, com, and you can also buy stuff from the store. Somebody just bought two baby bibs <laughs> and put them on a set of twins. Woo-hoo! And now that we have two, uh, new official babies of the Black Altis podcast yes, because do. of that. Because our love is for sale. <laughs> and they, they got rid of the other baby that was just one baby with a bib. And now that baby needs at least two more bibs. Yeah. Or, to match that. or like a coffee mug or something <laughs> to get back up to their level. Um, And of course, the official, well, actually, no. the You can call the show too mm-hmm. uh, when we do our feedback shows on Tuesdays. I mean, on Saturdays. I'm about to say Tuesday. Yeah, we're doing Tuesday feedback, Karen. From now on. You didn't tell me that. Uh, Saturday feedback at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 704-557-0186. Give us a call. We'll talk to you then. Or you can call throughout the week and leave a voicemail. Keep your voicemails three minutes or less, please. And don't send us 27 voicemails. uh, Or we'll just know that we will pick the ones that we want to play. Yes. So all your shit might not make it. Nope. Um... Of course, you can also email the show, theblackouttips at gmail.com. We read those emails on Saturday when we do feedback also. Um, the official weapon of the show is... The taser. And the unofficial sport is bullet ball. And bullet ball extreme. Mm-hmm. And this podcast is sponsored. I like those. It's sponsored by Shadow Dog Productions. Dirt Cheap Therapy Blu-ray Giveaway Contest. Anybody who purchases a product off the Shadow Dog Productions website between November 3rd through November 17th will be automatically entered in a drawing for a free copy of the new feature film, Dirt Cheap Therapy, on Blu-ray. So you might want a Blu-ray player or a PlayStation 3 um, in order to play this. Uh, It'll be shipped the day that they have their world premiere in Charlotte. And you can also be entered by retweeting any mentions that Shadow Dog Productions has on Twitter of the contest. Before, I think I just said any of his tweets. <laughs> no, he so I'm sure his Twitter, like his Twitter probably blew up for like four days. And he hit, <laughs> he hit me back and was like, no, just the ones about the contest. Um, 
But you know, it probably wouldn't hurt to retweet everything he says, and then he'll just think that you really like him. That, yeah. And then you can just fool him until the contest starts uh, ends. <laughs> and then you, when you don't win, you can be like, "Fuck you, Dexter! I retweeted everything, and this is how you repay me." <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can do that by retweeting his bitches of the contest. Uh, just follow him on Twitter. He's at Shadow Dog Prod P R O D. Uh, each individual purchase or retweeting gives you another chance to win. And uh, the trailer is actually on our website as we speak. Yes. So if you go to theblackoutest.com, you can either search Dirt Cheap Therapy or you can just search Sponsors. That link will come up. You can watch the trailer right there. Um, and, of course, we're in the movie in, um, you know, in voice form. Mm-hmm. So and I, for people that get the movie, that will be a nice little bonus, man. You get to see Rod and Karen's actoring, uh, actorial debut on yes. film. That's right. That's, Big that's time. good enough for me. Alright. Now I have random thoughts and things I want to discuss with my friends here. Okay. And my wife, of course. <laughs> the first thing that I want to discuss is this. I will be glad when Floyd Mayweather beats Pac-Man's ass, man. Can we get off? I'm so tired. So sick and tired of all the debate on Twitter, man. It is really, like every day, there is some form of Man, Pac-Man would do this to Mayweather. No, Mayweather would do that to Pac-Man. Well, he's scared to fight him. No, he's the one that's scared. Uh, I don't care, honestly. I'm I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna watch the fight when it happens. I just wanted to happen for the betterment of mankind. <laughs> but I am like ninety-five percent sure. Maybe even you know what? Fuck it. I'm a hundred percent sure Floyd Mayweather is gonna beat Pacquiao's ass. Like I don't see it. I just don't see. It. I watch both of them fight. And I, I still have not seen a man able to lay hands on Floyd and knock him out. And I just won't believe it until the shit happens. And yeah, I don't think I'll, Pacquiao is that man. He's kind of sloppy to me. Yeah, I won't believe it till I see it. And we might even uh, do a pay-per-view. Because we used to do pay-per-view. Yeah, oh, we'll right? do pay-per-view for this one. I, okay. I, I made a promise. Yeah. I'm no longer pay-per-view and boxing no, we used to until do these motherfuckers fight, the man. But I was like, this is some bullshit. I'm not paying $59, 99 for this. <laughs> yeah, I boycotted. I'm, the dollar speaks. Uh, this is the fight I want to see, and I've missed some good fights. Well, not good, but I've missed some fights <laughs> with Pacquiao and, and Mayweather not fighting each other, and I just go, no, you don't get my money. It's, nope. This shit is encouraging the wrong messages. It's, it's <laughs> telling y'all it's okay to fight other people yeah, and then I when see, it's fucking not. Then I see people tweeting the next day pissed because they be like, well, they charged me $100 for this fight. Right. I, that man couldn't lay a hand on Mayweather. I was disappointed. Well, five, what you know. They, what did they think was going to happen? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this, this is the mastery of, of Floyd Mayweather and how he his his marketing mastery, right? And you guys see this this argument he had with Rude Jude uh, on the radio, some sad no, radio. What show. happened? So basically, okay, remember this fool Rude Jude that used to be like on Jenny Jones, and he would come in and he's like an insult comic. Yes. And apparently he got beat up by some Chicago gang member after the show because he was like, and this is what Will was telling me last night because that was his job. He would come out and make fun of the people. He's like a white guy that talks black, you know. Um, and he come out and just make fun of people, and he was making fun of this gang member dude, and it got to the point where the gang member just stopped arguing with him. He was like, okay, well, all right, I'll see you after the show. And he saw him after the show, and Ruju did not like uh, the way this meeting turned out. Uh, Should have been more polite in the meeting. Right, um, but Ruju, uh, in this argument, he keeps talking about how Floyd Mayweather, um, how his fights are boring, he's a defensive fighter, all his fights have all this hype, um, but then in the fight, 
there's not a lot of action. But that is a testament to Floyd Mayweather's marketing mastery because he's a defensive fighter and he knows it. His style is not exciting to people who are not boxing purists. Like, I love watching him fight like Corey Urban watches him fight because I really get off on the craft of boxing. But most people don't. They want action. That's why they like Pacquiao. But Mayweather is still able to compel people to buy his fights and to pay a lot of money to watch his fights. And that's to how well he markets himself. It's not, it's not an insult. It's funny to hear um, Rude Jude saying this stuff to him like it's a negative when it overwhelmingly is a positive. Yeah, hate. This is the thing. Hate can't hit Floyd Mayweather. Right. Just because you hate him, it does not make the motherfucker on the other side of that fucking ring be able to hit him. And nope. people don't understand that yet. It has been years. And people are still on some like, but I really dislike Floyd Mayweather now. I'm sure this dude's gonna knock him out. Right. Like, but that's that. This, that has nothing to do with the fucking skill of the other dude in the ring, right. and then more importantly, the skill of Floyd Mayweather, which is always much more superior to us, uh, contested to the to, to the to the opponent. Yeah. Well, the other it's, it's a couple things going on here. One is that most people, um, a lot of people jumping in on on this debate, don't really watch all of boxing. They only watch Manny Pacquiao. And then you watch mm-hmm. Manny Pacquiao and you hear everybody tell you that Manny Pacquiao is indestructible, um, you start to believe it. So this is, this, is like, this is like if you'd only watched the University of Alabama play, you know, up until yesterday and you could not conceive of a, of a team that could beat Alabama, even though LSU is right there. Don't tell me about no LSU. I've watched Alabama play. No one's beat Alabama. Therefore, they cannot be beat. Well, yes and no. Um, and the other thing is, like Bob Arum controls so much of the debate and the dialogue around Mayweather for whatever reason. Bob Arum is a proven liar, um, but he tells people Mayweather's afraid, so people believe it, when it's equally as, as likely that Arum is afraid to put in Pacquiao, right. Mayweather. Cause, I'd actually go one, I'd, I'd go one more than that with your college football analogy. Right. I would, I would say it's somebody who hates LSU so much. Yes. They only watch LSU, and every fucking week they go, Kentucky got them. Kentucky gonna come on in there, man. I'm telling you. This is the week. I, I hate LSU even more than last week, so Kentucky is gonna tear them up. And I'm like, how many fucking times can you be wrong before you have to bow down and be like, yo, man, I will believe you can knock out Mayweather when, when I, I see him it. on the ground unconscious. It. That'll be the first time I go, you know what? Apparently that dude was the man. Well, this is what happens, too, is that people... um well, and this is what happens. Every Mayweather fight, going into the fight, this is supposed to be the guy that beats Mayweather. And people come up with this list of reasons why Fighter X is going to beat Mayweather. And then after Mayweather thrashes the guy, they say, well, you know what? That guy wasn't that good in the first place. It's like, really? 48 hours before Mayweather laid him out, you were telling me you had a, 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 a strong and what you thought was a well-reasoned argument why Oscar De La Hoya, Ricky Hatton, um, Juan Manuel Marquez, Shane Mosley, and Victor yeah. Ortiz were each going to beat Mayweather. Um, and, 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 you know, we talk about this a lot too, is like people's prejudices. You cannot argue with people's prejudices. Um, right. and a lot of people are, are predisposed to think that Mayweather is weak or a chicken and a coward and can't fight like, and can't, and, and, and is a guy who runs and is afraid to engage. Um, and it doesn't matter that he could show you in a fight that he has absolutely none of these things, that he's a guy who can box, but really knows how to fight too. Um, like you wouldn't believe the number of people who told me that Mayweather like ran from Ricky Hatton. I'm like, okay, clearly you didn't watch the fight. Because <laughs> Ricky, uh-huh. Ricky Hatton, yeah, that was, that's still that right. is still one of the uh, most awkward interactions, social interactions I've ever had 
They ordered this fight at a party full of white people, oh. and quickly I realized I was the only one rooting for Shay uh, for, for uh, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, and it got it was it was like oh my, <laughs> well time to go, Karen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like let's go. I'm he mopped his ass up, and I was like, well, I'll 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 be back later. Like I didn't even <laughs> like it was to that point where like people wanted to put money on the fight, and I'm like, I'm not gonna take your money. Yeah, right. Like because yeah. you're gonna already be pissed. I can tell before the fight started. You are going to be pissed in like an hour. Yeah. yeah. So, so let me just not, not compound that by also taking your, your money, money as I exit the door. Yes. <laughs> like, it was just yes, I don't know, yes. man. That yes. that shit is crazy. Chris, you watch boxing at all, man? Not that much anymore. But I I understand where, where you guys are coming from. I think a lot of the people that are interested that in the boxing, they're casual. Most of them are casual fans when they get upset like that because you're paying you're paying a good amount of money to watch what a lot of people say is one of the best to ever do it. And when he beats somebody up with surgical precision and it's not sexy, and it's not, you know, there's no fireworks, then you get pissed. But that, there, that, but you. You there, Chris? Chris, do we lose Chris? Okay, you still there. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I was just saying that uh, basically a lot of the boxing fans, the people that claim to be fans are casual fans, and they can't understand. They don't want to understand like Morgan or, or, or Corey that you're paying to see one of the best guys to ever do it, and when he beats somebody up with like clinical precision, then they get upset because it's, it's, they want to see more fireworks. But, and then a, another aspect of it is just they just don't like the guy because he he, uh, he he might talk a little too much, or he might be a little too flamboyant. Well, I, I don't think it's a little. Well, you know what I mean. I'm just yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm being a little political, but I mean he he talks a lot, and then you know a lot of folks don't like uh, black men that uh, speak their mind and say right. whatever it is they want to say. And so Floyd it's no, it's no surprise. No, I'm just saying it's no surprise. No. Well, and Floyd Mayweather is fully aware of that, and, and Bo makes this point too, Bomani Jones, is that, you know, there's not a lot of money um, in being a black fighter. If you're not a heavyweight, um, to, in being a black fighter that's not, you know, an out-and-out bad guy like a heel. Because um, right. Floyd Mayweather is a smart guy. He watched um, how marketable Oscar De La Hoya became. He wasn't white, but he was close enough, right? Um, June of 2000, Shane Mosley knocks him off. They were both undefeated. Uh, Shane Mosley, you know, had this following. People liked him. He was a nice guy. Had this great story. Him and his dad trained together. Blah blah blah. Shane Mosley knocks him off. Um, and after that fight, you would think, you know, that that would have been the fight to put Shane Mosley over and make him the next megastar. Um, and it never happened. He's this great guy, nice smile, hazel eyes, all this stuff. But like, psh, it never happened. He never got put over. And you notice, like, when Floyd Mayweather, uh, 2006, he beats, um, he beats. Who does he beat that year? He beats Zab Judah, and he beats Carlos Baldemir. He gets out of this contract with Bob Arum, and this is when pretty boy Floyd Mayweather dies. This is a guy that was supposed to be the nice guy, you know, and become marketable that way because he realizes no money in that. And then this money Mayweather character is born um, leading up to the Oscar De La Hoya fight, and it's been much more lucrative for him than, than being the nice guy would ever be. Yeah, and it's much more influential, too, because – now he's got Ray J talking about punching people and shit. I mean that <laughs> that type of leadership, you know, yeah. takes a lot out of somebody. Um, yeah. Will you have to say something? Can I ask you guys something? What's mm-hmm. up? Are we live? Are we live right now? <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, Karen, Chris, I love y'all, man. I love y'all. Okay. 
Um, alright, so, uh, the other thing, we, last week, I forgot to bring this part of this conversation up, but, uh, Ann Coulter said some racist shit, typically, you know, she says inflammatory things, it's really hard to get upset at Ann Coulter at this point, like, that's what I was telling people, but she found a way to make the news by basically saying that Republicans, blacks were better than Democrats, blacks, whatever that means, um, but, the part of the conversation, and I, I waited a while to make sure that I had enough time to go through the entire uh, media um, cycle and everything. Mm-hmm. There's part of this conversation that never, ever got brought up. I haven't heard one person make any sort of uh, take this line out of context or bring this up to say she was racist. She said that Herman Cain was blacker than Obama. And nobody said shit. He is blacker than Obama. Yeah. And that's my point. <laughs> it's like <laughs> silently like everybody agrees. Now, I'm not saying, now, obviously, there's all kinds of ways to be black, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, sometimes I'm skin tone. But, yes. uh, and I don't know, it's not even just, I, she was not talking about skin tone. Of course she wasn't. Um, but I really found it interesting that everyone picked out the our blacks, their blacks comment and completely left the whole, like, so, a white lady who probably, you know, knows one black person, which is Al Sharpton. Um, Period, yeah. Yeah, that she argues. She knows him from arguing with him all the time. That's right. But, um, like, I just thought it was interesting that she was able to say that and and get a complete pass, man. Like, it's just interesting. That's all. Nothing, you know. Is it odd or is it true? Uh, A little bit of both. It depends on, um, it's, 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 you can swing blindly. Like Ann Coulter, I think, is doing the situation and say something that on the surface happens to be true. And it's not but but it's not like what she said comes from some deeper understanding of African-American history and culture and the different types of African-Americans, you know, that that, that, that populate the country. Um, like she she might she might have recognized that Herman Cain is blacker than um Barack Obama because Herman Cain probably reminds her of I don't know the black people she's used to seeing in a minstrel show or something like that uh, <laughs> or, or serving her right. for dinner <laughs> yes exactly um but in terms of her like uh you, you guys know who John McWhorter is um, uh no he wrote authentically black he's 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 a he's a linguist uh, but also like a, a conservative black commentator. You see him show up on um, CNN sometimes. He's got a book called Authentically Black and another one called... Man, it's, uh, si- uh, si- uh, quick aside. Yeah. Is it just me or does every black conservative have to write a fucking book about being what black means now? Yeah. Every single fucking one. It's like to get in the club. Yes. You got to be like, here's my book. You know, yeah. like, what the fuck? Well, it's also it? every black conservative thinks they're the first black conservative. Yes. Hey, guess what, guys? I'm black and I'm a conservative. All right, I'm behind J.C. Watts and Michael Steele. Thanks. But, um, but one of his arguments was that, um, you know, you really could you could plot like blackness, you know, on a continuum. Um, that certain people are more black than other people in the same way that like uh, if 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 I'm if I'm uh, Dominican, right, and I move to the United States. My parents would be a lot more Dominican than I am. I'm still Dominican, but I've also had other influences that make me less Dominican than they are. So you could argue, you know, correctly that, that Herman Cain, because he was, you know, he's, he's, he was brought up in the United States, 
and his his background is African American. That in the the sense of a traditional African American, he's blacker than um, Barack Obama is, and that would be correct. But I just don't think Ann Coulter's understanding of the situation. Right, right. I don't think she understood the situation that way to to lead her to make that statement. Again, it was based on something much more superficial. What now, Chris? Were you about to say something too? Well, I just think when uh, people when she, when she made that comment, it was it was basically like Morgan. It's almost like a a blind. Uh, an uneducated, educated comment. Because uh, uh, Herman Cain went to an HBCU, right? He went to Clark? Did he go to Clark? Where did he go to Clark? I don't know where he went to school, man, Not to be sure. honest. I but hopefully, went- I, I would assume an HBCU, man, because, you know, uh, I think uh, people keep talking about him pledging this black frat. I can't remember which one it was, but I know Dr. Rick, uh, a.k.a. Maverick, uh, of the Phil in the Lanes podcast, they keep joking about him being in the same frat. So I'm assuming he had to go to a black school to get that. I think when you think about it, when you think about it, neither one of them, Barack or Herman Cain, are what you what you would consider to be black anyway. I'm talking about that on a surface level, as far as like maybe like being at the barber shop. You know, like oh, you you ain't you ain't really black because if they not playing, if they didn't make their money by like playing basketball or or rapping or being an entertainer. Then that sets them huh. apart. That sets them apart from from you or me or you know anybody else. I mean, when you look at now it, now that's an MTV level of blackness right there. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I would think that Obama being a basketball playing dude and just being cool as shit qualifies as as black. Like, and I mean, obviously, this I mean, there's no way to quantify or qualify real blackness. But this is what I'm coming at it from. I think I feel like it's the lowered expectations of like the fact that the Republicans are so racist, it has lowered expectations of a black candidate. Of course. Because Herman Cain can't talk. And I don't know if anyone has noticed this. <laughs> this motherfucker literally cannot talk well. And I know that it's racist, quote unquote, for white people to be like, this guy speaks so well, but it's really I look, I noticed the same shit as y'all. That's right. I guess y'all just can't say it out loud anymore without it being politically incorrect. Right. But in, in general, Herman Cain cannot fucking talk. I nope. really wish this dude would step to Obama in some form of a debate. Oh. It would not it would well, not end well. well would not. And the thing is, um You I know would, what it it would end well for him and his constituency. Um because again you're 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 applying much too much logic to this situation. <laughs> People that are already predisposed to like Herman Cain, um, it doesn't matter what he says in the debate because if he gets up there and stutters, you know, and, and and just makes a bunch of circular arguments, then they'll just say, you know what? Well, it's because he's too cool, and he, well, it's because he's too genuine, he's too raw um, to come out here and give a scripted argument. See, he just well, spoke his heart, and that's for me to make any sense. I assume that the people who are staunchly setting their ways aren't going to see it. But I'm talking about when it comes to a debate, the real crowd that you're trying to cater to is that undecided vote, that 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 the casual observer of politics, if you will. And that guy is going to turn on the TV and see this motherfucker talking halfway jive and see Barack Obama and turn his fucking TV off. Like, oh, okay. Not necessarily. So you think middle, you think the, the undecided are going to look and be like, Herman Cain's keeping it real. I don't think so. No, well, here's the, I have a theory about, and if if you've listened to um, the All Balls Don't Bounce podcast listeners, and you know that um, up here in my, in my, in my uh, uh, palatial penthouse, we sometimes record, I have this closet where I keep broad brushes, 
And yes. Sometimes I have to get this broad brush and paint, right? I've used your brush a few times on this show. Yes. Because here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing we forget about a lot of white Americans is that what a lot of white Americans, and this is why, like, truly, um, Herman Cain is, is a real threat to Obama, and not because of, like, any um, aptitude he might actually have for doing the job, but because um, one thing that white people really enjoy is a fight between black people that allows them to choose sides, right? So this is why white people got so excited over this Grant Hill versus Jalen Rose thing. Um, when any other time are, are white people interested at all in, in, in the minutia of black identity? Never, right? But you have um, Jalen Rose saying that he perceived Grant Hill as an Uncle Tom, and, and, and Grant Hill comes back firing, Right? And like blasting all these pathologies that he feels uh, infect the black community, and you have all these white guys jumping in on Grand Hill's side, like mm-hmm. why, right? But it it allows them, you know, because a black guy has said has said all these things that they think about black people but never say. Mm-hmm. Um, they can jump in on Grand Hill's side, and all of a sudden they're enthralled in this debate on the fine points of black identity, which is stuff that we might talk about all the time. Most of the time, white people don't care about. So you have this fight now between this educated black guy um, and Herman Cain. You know, a lot of white people are going to choose Herman Cain because he makes them feel more comfortable because Herman Cain um, traffics so heavily in stereotype, but that's what white people are used to. That's what they like at the well, paint with the broad brush. And that's what, and it, so I, I think a debate, even though Herman Cain would make himself look like an idiot, would still win him a lot of undecided white voters. Mm. Uh, I have more faith, much more faith, apparently, in white people than you do. No, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think that would happen on a million, in a, in a, I don't even think that would happen once out of a million times. Cause like the thing is, uh, it's, all, it's like the Sarah Palin phenomenon. It was cool to a point. Right. And then that shit got to a point where it was like, oh, she actually had to debate Biden, who's not a really good debater, honestly. But a couple gaps in the debate, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, you know what? She's not going to get it together. And I feel the same way with this Herman Cain thing. Like, um, well, you do have these two black dudes going at each other. Um, who is going to be the one considered Jalen Rose and who's going to be the one considered Grant Hill? Because, uh, remember, this is Herman Cain that also thinks Obama is not a real black president. And I feel like white people can't wait to swoop in and fucking have his back. Like, you don't get to say that he is not as black. And you don't get to say that. So that is wrong. So because he is articulate and he's this, I, I really feel like that's where they'll come. Like, shutting down racism, white people have no problem with that. And in this case, I feel like the undecideds are the people who aren't comfortable with some of these uh, social issues in the Republican Party. I don't like I feel like the reason people aren't like where they say they're undecided is because they look at Republicans and go, yeah, but I'm not racist, but I don't hate gay people. So that's why they stay undecided. And I don't think playing that up is going to win them votes. I think that's why they lost the last election, too. Like, you just can't, there's certain shit where you gotta be like, look, they don't wanna vote for me already for a reason. And, uh, Perry, I mean, not Perry, Romney, much, much, much more scarier to me as far as being able to win 
but also much more reasonable than Herman Cain. So I guess, so I guess if you were compared to Herman Cain, I would rather have Romney. But compared to Obama, I'd rather have uh, Obama than than Romney. But I feel like uh, I don't even think Herman Cain will get out of the primary for um, I don't either. Republicans. I, I don't think he will either. I think if you use Morgan's model with the Grand Hill and Jalen Rose thing. Herman Herman Cain is Jalen Rose. Well, the Herman Cain is uh, Grant Hill, and Obama is Jalen Rose because that's who that's who they they said. Well, you got the Democrats, you got your guy. We got one that that kind of looks just like him. So that, that well, I that's, think that's it's that. the go ahead. I think it's the opposite. I think the attacker would have to be Cain because it's who's attacking who here. So Jalen Rose was seen as attacking Grant Hill. And white people came to defend Grant Hill. And I think anytime you're a challenger to political office to somebody who's already sitting, you have no choice but to take on the role of the attacker. And unfortunately for Herman Cain, part of his arsenal is going to be that black shit. And that shit is not going to play, man. Like, America, like, people don't realize this, man. The Republicans are different because they actually have, I think it still comes from the same place of white guilt and whatnot, but their backlash is this angry backlash of like, stop bringing it up! You I know think, what I mean? They're I, think like, white, uh, I just think I think white guilt is over with ever since Obama got elected. I think that's why you see you, see you have the Tea Party, you have, you have people uh, making these comments calling people tar babies and, and everything like <laughs> that. I think that I think white guilt is over and I think, I don't, like you said, I don't think Herman Cain will get out of it, but it's, it's to me like the past couple elections well you have like sarah palin and now you got herman cain you have sarah palin was a reaction to hillary clinton possibly taking some kind of office whether it be vice presidency or you know whether we didn't know if she was going to win or not uh mm-hmm. in a democratic primary and now you got herman cain so it's just a dog and pony show it's like See, i don't think I, oh go ahead Ken. I, I do when you when you stop at the white deal i disagree i think because our country was founded on a lot of different things and our country was founded on a lot of racism and it's embedded and, and rooted in a lot of the laws and a lot of the things that we even have today yes it has changed but i think that for a lot of white people when it comes to that they feel a lot of stigmatism a lot of shame to it because their grandfather great-grandfather may have had something to do with it so i don't think that's ever going to be washed away and i think whenever it's bought up instead of them embracing the fact that no it was not me and what can i do to change this it's all fuck you get over it it didn't exist we got a black president everything is normal it's zero zero now and it doesn't work well like that, that and that, the thing is even that constituent even that percentage of white folks isn't the majority in my opinion but also like that is still coming from a place of shame and guilt yes like it's not it's not gone Mm-mm. you know what i mean like maybe they changed their tactic but the entire basis of shutting someone down, even the shutting down of Jalen Rose, was based in people not wanting to think about their uh, benefiting or their role or their acceptance of a certain type of black person and not another type. Like, all that shit is, is uh, not to get too psychological or whatever. Obviously, I'm not any type of fucking... No, pick with that broad brush, man. It's okay. Right. But I've I got actually like, here for you. <laughs> I feel like all that shit is just a reaction to that guilt, man. And I feel like Republicans have tried to turn it into a, we're going to be vocal and active. We're going to say that the new racism is against white people. We're going to say sexual harassment is bullshit. We're going to say, like, they're just saying whatever they can say. But at the end of the day, they're all just trying to avoid this that that, that tiny voice. They just got to say, 
But I love Herman Cain because that shit right there makes them ease it eases them a little bit, but it doesn't solve the main issue, which is you know we're fucked up about this race shit. I think it's we don't want to talk about it. I don't know that I don't know that if if you feel that white guilt, you're gonna be a Republican. But Herman Cain, it's not that he eases. To me, it's not so much that he eases the guilt as as much as it's he validates um, or allows them to tell themselves that they aren't racist. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's and why people feel guilty about that racism, man. But he allows I, I you to wage that, that shit. See, I, I, I just don't know that Republicans feel guilty about it as much <laughs> as that, that open racism is still like not tolerated anymore. But and this is why I think, again, that I think they do, because I have really? friends that are Republican. Yes. Yes. I have friends that are like that. I've held their babies and they're fucking Republicans, <laughs> and I guarantee you they're not like walking out the house and going that nigger ride. It <laughs> no, is. It, I, I, it's no. not like if they were, I wouldn't be around. But that's true too. Now. I don't feel that from them, and I don't think it's like they're just so good at hiding it. I really no. feel like there's a t- a part of them that just has to shut off the social policies of Republicans. Like that shit ain't me. But I do want them low taxes, <laughs> and that's how they roll. Like yeah. it's, I don't think it's just like I think it's an avoidance. Of, yeah. of confronting racism that's what it and, is in my opinion it's would also not talk about it because if i talk about it i have to start admitting that i have made some fucking uh, uh what do you what do you call that shit compromises morally to fucking you yeah. know to match my pocket yeah and it's more it's more one of those things like i don't agree with everything that they do but i know i'm in that percentage where my taxes will be lower so i'm voting for you and and when it comes to that everybody kind of compromises because no one party solves all the issues right anyway that's my theory man these i don't think because i like i said if i didn't know them I think I might feel that way, but I fucking know these dudes, man. These yes, like they cool people. These dudes are on some like, hey, why we gotta talk about race? That's what they feel like because <laughs> they know that they know they gonna be on the wrong part <laughs> when it comes to their party. So they're like, can we just not even talk, talk about, about it? Because I have black friends and I do black shit and I have you know I'm cool with them and I don't know why I gotta be fucking dragged in the middle of this and it always comes down to that shit and I feel like there's a lot of them when it comes to the um. To the actual election that would tap out. Mm-hmm. If it turned into some race shit, there's a lot of them that are going to just be like, tune out, yeah. tap out. I don't feel comfortable right now. Yeah. I don't like thinking about Got this it. shit. Don't bring it up. Right. Don't bring it up. Like, I think that's where you would get some backlash from. And as Herman Cain would be the one bringing up all the race shit, <laughs> everything. that's going to be a problem, man. Because it's like I said, them hard, don't let them hardcore Republicans fool y'all in these goddamn debates. They be cheering death, like they be cheering like the death penalty. Yes, that is not a fucking thing you can pull out about. into middle America, and, and by middle America I mean undecided voters. You can't just pull it out to people who are on the fence and be like, "So I really like killing people." They're gonna be like, "Get the fuck out of here, yes. man! I don't want to think yes. about that." Let's kill the mentally retarded. I, my brother's mentally retarded. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. They're not. They're not going for that. That's the bullshit. Uh, anyway, man, I'm sorry to get all political, man. No, it's okay, I, man. It's, it's I thought that. I thought that Ed Coulter saying he was black shit went over real smooth. That's all I'm gonna say about oh, that. That <laughs> shit went over smooth as hell. It's just not a. It's just not a sexier. A sexier. Our blacks are better than their blacks is a better soundbite. So that's yes. what everybody ran with. What 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 baffles me about the whole thing is like if we say that people they don't want to deal with this racism stuff, I don't see why people get surprised when they they why they always get surprised when people make statements like that. That's what I'm saying about white guilt. Well, it's, something, it's something so shocking 
to the core where you can't avoid it. Like, it's, I'll, I'll give you another good example. Pat Buchanan. Pat Buchanan can go on MSNBC, which is supposed to be the liberal channel. Um, and if you're some type of Democrat person, you won't be like, no, it's not. Man, you're in <laughs> That shit is a very fucking liberal channel. And they will have Pat Buchanan's racist ass on TV saying racist shit. And they will just co-sign it by not arguing it and, not and i don't mean yeah i don't mean co-signing like well we both believe it but that's just mm-hmm. whole like well you're racist fuck it you're old say what you're gonna say and we'll move on to the next topic, topic. <laughs> and that and to me is that that moment where he said something co- encoded language normally where he says something encoded language that is just fucking unrelentingly racist and they move to that next topic that's the moment i'm talking about chris that's the moment america has constantly we are constantly stuck in that moment that, oh, that was racist. Anyway, a puppy learned how to drive a car. Well, Coming we, up next. Well, we have a generation. We, we live in a generation, uh, I guess all, I like, all of us are pretty much in the same age gap, age generation, or whatever the hell you call it, age bracket. And most of our generation, we never had to fight for anything. And uh, so a lot of people don't want to, like, take a stance on anything. And that's why it's interesting that you got, People like Occupy Wall Street and everywhere else, but I, I think uh, people feel they feel uncomfortable with that, with uh, taking a stance on issues like that. And when somebody brings that to a head, they say, "Well, I don't want to lose my job if I say something against this guy. I want to stay stat, keep the status quo, and get my money, get my check." Yeah, I just think people don't like thinking about it. Honestly, I think it's that simple. It's, yeah. it's like if uh, it's like if your dad raped somebody. And the fucking rape victim brought it up to you or the child of the rape victim. Like, you are not going to be like, yeah, let's have a seat and discuss this shit. You're like, ooh, my dad did some fucked up shit. Let's not talk about it and pretend to be friends. That's yeah. the easiest way. And I, I think that that's all it comes down to. Even the people that are for Herman Cain that are really staunch supporters are on some like, hey, he never brings up that rape thing. And when he does, he says it's cool. Like that's why they fuck with him, man. Yeah. You know, so, but that's what I'm saying, and that that's where I think our arguments kind of converge. Is that Herman Cain is the the black guy that makes the white people around him feel much more comfortable and more comfortable than Barack Obama does, and that's yeah. why I think a lot, and even a lot of undecided white people, um, even though Herman Cain is clearly a moron, will um, kind of gravitate towards him because because of just that. Well, we will see, my friend. That is the benefit of having this shit recorded, <laughs> and the next time, well, hopefully we have you back way before then, but eventually when Obama uh, either wins this shit or Herman Cain doesn't even get out of primary, you can be like, well, damn, because I don't think white people is that fucking stupid. Well, you know who played himself in all of this is Rick Perry, because... Oh, God. Here's the... Hey, I got a quick question. Quick question, though. Why does Rick Perry want to be the guy who takes down Herman Cain, though? <sighs> Like, you got the niggerhead scandal, dog. No, don't have a seat. Have a seat. Don't be that guy. Don't, like, you get, you have to tap this one out. Like, ooh, I'll wait till uh, Romney's the front runner again. Don't. Here's the thing. (laughs) Again, like, Herman Cain only appeals to Republican voters and the general public when he's up against Barack Obama. Like, all he had to do, all Rick Perry had to do was sit back and wait and wait. Have some faith in, 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 in the bigotry of the Republican electorate, because at a certain point, all these Republican voters who are going to vote in the primary, they're going to wake up one day and be like, holy shit, we got a choice between a black guy, we fucking hate black people, and a Mormon, and we hate Mormons too. 
<laughs> Step up. You know, but he was too impatient, and he goes out, he goes on the offensive, and winds up damaging um, his own candidacy. And now it is between the black guy and the Mormon, two groups of people that, that, that Christian conservative and Republicans hate, but one of them's going to get it. Yeah, I would be surprised he gets out of this primary. That'll be shocking by itself. <laughs> if that motherfucker beats Obama, I'm leaving. That's it. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I don't mind. I already going to got Canada my hundred dollars set to the side for my passport. Yeah, let's get that passport to get the fuck on out. Um, for real. All right, Canada, man. man the 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 republic. It's a it's a lot less virulent strain of conservatism that's overtaking this country. Yeah, uh, it'll whatever. feel like it'll I feel mean, like liberalism be- to you. No matter what, it can't be worse than Herman Cain. So it doesn't. We could go to Angola. Well, it doesn't even fucking matter. That is Herman Cain. No, that nigga has a plan that is the same cost as a piece. That does not make sense. Herman Cain. Let's, let's remember this. Is that pizza even any good? I heard it's bad. No. No, it's not. I good. heard it's no. bad. You guys have to remember, Herman Cain had no plan. Like Herman Cain just jumped in this thing just because he thought running for president would raise his profile, you know, for like public speaking gigs and stuff like this. He thought he was gonna do like Sarah Palin and get into yeah. the political game to raise his profile yeah. so he could jump out and never have to actually do anything political. And then all of a sudden he started getting some traction, right? Like every moment, you know, from here on out is something that Herman Cain never planned for. Ever. Nope. Yeah, yeah. You I can- saw today that um. They asked him about the sexual harassment thing. He said, I'm not going to answer those questions anymore. And then he tried to leave, and then he stopped and told, was like, okay, I said I wasn't going to answer, but I'm about to sit down and have some and talk to y'all about it. And his advisors literally had to pull him out the room. Yeah, like, that does not seem like a dude who no, planned this shit out. He was not planned. He, he did and this is why I like the sexual, sexual harassment, all this stuff. He never planned for it to get this far to the point where this stuff would become an issue. It's because oh. they, they picked him. It's like I said, it's a dog and pony show. All of this stuff, Democrats, Republicans, is pro-wrestling. All of it is pro-wrestling. <laughs> they, they're all friends with each other, and they go out and eat steak, and they play and they plan with our lives. I mean, that's yeah. what yeah, that yeah, that would that, be like uh, that would be like Hitler playing golf with. Oh wait, a minute. <laughs> that's not the same. Oh, wait a minute, wow. yeah, you just yeah, Chris, that's, yeah, that's, you just didn't say the names, Chris, but you was going there. <laughs> oh, wow. that's exactly where you was going. And, and y'all talked about Herman Cain. No, he was not prepared. We seen what was it on um, uh, the news where they had stopped Herman Cain and asked him. About the sexual harassment, he yeah. asked the dude, "Have you ever been co- convicted of sexual harassment?" <laughs> that was what the fuck? What kind of response oh. is that? Oh, I, I love was him like, so you much. Be kidding me? I love him so what? much, man. That's why uh. Mr. Herman Cain getting uh, pulled over by the police. And he's like, "Officer, do you know how fast you were going?" <laughs> you were following me, sir. Did I, you see the speed limit? How'd you catch up with me? How'd you catch up with me? <laughs> oh, all right. That light was red for you too, officer. <laughs> Keeping it. Uh, Don't get me started on Herman Cain phone sex. <laughs> no, what are you wearing? No, what are you? No, what are you wearing? It's like this isn't how it's gonna work. This isn't how this phone sex. No, this is not sexy, Herman. No. Well, keeping it uh, political, uh, the Occupy movement, which is spreading across the country, mm-hmm. apparently Canada. it got. Is in Canada too now? Yeah, I, I did a story about them the other week. Wow, what, what are they mad about? Um, well, every time Americans come up with something, Canadians come up with their own version, just worse. You know what I mean? So there's Dancing with the Stars, Dancing with the Stars, Canada. Um, American Idol, Canadian Idol. That's just the way it goes. The Wire, and then there was like, after The Wire went off, off the air, 
there was this Canadian cop show called The Line, where they got and it was just <laughs> the line. <laughs> the line. <laughs> but, you, but you know what, Morgan? America will never be able to produce another Ellen Page. You guys got that on us. And you got Justin Bieber. That's true. And Bieber, yeah. Eric. Yeah. And we're trying to imitate all y'all singing stars. But, um, <laughs> that, like, the thing is, though, uh, with the whole uh, um, Occupy movement, uh, of course, it got a little frisky out in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Police got up on them hippies and put gas on them and rubber bullets and shit. And I found, I found this to be a great experiment in white privilege. Yeah. Um, and the cops are unifying everybody. By showing no preference to harassing folks, nope. like they don't give a damn because they are because the cops are kind of being dicks to white people, then and, and the most harmless form of white people yeah. too. <laughs> like could these white people be any? Like I see the TV and I just go, oh, it's like they they can show Occupy Wall Street and then show kittens <laughs> in the next segment, and I would still have the same look on my face. <laughs> it's adorable. It is, it is oh, fucking adorable. I don't know it, how it, anyone can be mad at this. And, and it's hilarious because a lot of these people have never really had any interaction with the police like this. Never, a lot of them have never ever broke the law. A lot of them have never been harassed in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So they are just shocked and appalled that they can get arrested, shot by bullets. They, yeah. they you know, they act like a little ten-year-old Pepper kid. Spray. Yes, they act like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happening. When black folks go, ha ha, this shit been happening for years. Yeah. Now y'all see what well, we've been dealing with. I, well, I would even take it a step further. I don't even see black people being all like triumphant. No, like ha ha, look at you. I I see more black people being like, see, fuck the cops. <laughs> like like I that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, like and, and, more people are being like, yeah, we, you know, now you know how it is. And, now you see, fuck the cops, they ain't shit, right? And yeah, you're like, and, yeah, and, they ain't shit. They don't give a damn about us, and now you see it, they don't give a damn about you either. My my favorite part of this story so far has been um, my man Russell Simmons had went on Twitter mm-hmm. and he told the rap artist. Creation that she needed to go down to Occupy Oakland and organize shit and get it straight and that he would have her back. Creation, that 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 chick we're talking about this summer. The one who rolls with V Nasty and V Nasty is the one who uses the N word constantly. Um, I was like, that ain't no, happening. no, like no, you that can't happen. No, and that can't. Not like one. What has she ever said in her life that makes it seem like she would want to be involved with something yes. political? Yes, it's like what has she said that make you say, "Hmm, she might actually know what the hell she's." Yeah, and how about. is she gonna bring people together when she is one of the more like uh, non-unifying factors? Hello, in the rap game right now, like nobody can talk about her without bringing up the whole N-word drama. Yeah, so I, I mean, but I, I don't know. You know, that just struck me as how irrelevant Russell Simmons is. And they and want how, her to go to Oakland. To Oakland. Not San Francisco. She's supposed Oakland. to be from Oakland. That's yeah. that's her whole claim to fame. Is like that's actually how V Nasty and them they were justifying the use of the N word. Like, oh, these are white people. Yes. yes, I never heard of these people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, talk, we talked about them on the show a few times, man, but. They they got the white girl mob and yes. they have the video for uh, Gucci Gucci yes which is their their single uh, for Creation it's hard and um that I mean it is really the bigger controversy for them is V Nasty is her friend and it stands for like Vanessa but it's V Nasty and she used the N word constantly she was dropping it in a freestyle 
a very whack freestyle if you, mm-hmm. by by anyone's account. Yes. Um, and and then she had like a black dude in the background like bobbing his head like it was cool for her to say nigga. And then she did some type of like diatribe explaining why she uses oh, the word. Oh wait, so it, it was Ann Coulter and Herman Cain. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> her blacks are better than you right. know, yeah, then the blacks black. that were upset. Um, but but anyway, I just felt like my man Russell Simmons is out of touch. Like Very. for him to think that you, that's who you should sit down to organize anything. No, I mean honestly, you might as well have sent Too Short, and maybe Too Short. <laughs> ah, but I really well, feel like Too Short him. has done more shit that represents the Oakland community than those yes, two. And he probably has put more money into the community than she ever will. Yes. Does he not like her? Does Russell Simmons not like her? Maybe, and he wants her to go embarrass herself or get beat up by some cops. Maybe to set up. Maybe so. I don't know, man. Russell Simmons just doesn't. He's he's like the old man at the club at this point. Yes. Like go home, man. Go raise your kids, dog. Stop. Stop trying to be with. Hey, be cool. Like, this nigga can't be cool forever. Okay. Like, it's gotta be a shelf life on cool. Yes. Um, well, no, well, but, well, you know, you and I both know, just cool, cool evolves. Right? right. There's, there's a shelf, there's a shelf life on the, on the particular kind of cool that Russell Simmons is trying to be. Yes. Whereas, there's like, a shelf life on, you know what it is? There's a shelf life on the pursuit of cool. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, you yes. can be cool. Like, Jay-Z is just fucking cool. Right. Like, he just keeps up to with with shit and just constantly is changing all the time and fucking with the kids. Like, he's that cool old man. And you just like, oh, that's that cool old man. Right. And he knows his role. He's like, let me get married and have a kid and stop going to the club because that ain't me. Right. Like, I gotta, I can't keep fucking with y'all kids no more. It was nice. Right. You know, but, like, Jay-Z is cool to the point where he said, I'm going to put on button-ups and everybody was like, I'm going to put on button-ups too. Let me take off my throwback jersey. Um... Russell Simmons not that kind of cool, dog. He's been wearing the same hat, yes, like fifty years, dog. And my sister always makes this point. There's, there's, a, there's a time in your life as, as if you're a brother, like you can't be wearing gear anymore. Like Russell Simmons is too old to be rocking gear. Yo, I'm wearing fat for him. Like, dude, no, man. Like, you can't be worrying about having the whitest sneakers at this point in your life. <laughs> yes, yes, okay. You agree with me, Morgan? Yes. I'm, I, this, this is my motto. You become to an age where you go, fuck what everybody else think, I'm going to do me. I mean, you really have to get to that point in order to be comfortable. And wherever you are, that's where your cool is. Yes. I'm to the point now where, because of Twitter, I, I only know certain slang because of Twitter. Right. You know, if I wasn't out there, I wouldn't know that a box is more than just a box. You know, <laughs> this is shit that I learned on Twitter. <laughs> I'm just keeping that real. I, I'm to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm not... um obligating myself to stay hip and to stay cool. Right. But you know, that shit takes work when you got a 9 to 5. Yes. That shit takes work when you got a 401k. That shit takes work when you paying bills and mortgage. If your ass sit at home all day and don't got shit else to do, I understand why you're on top of that shit. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> Alright. So, have y'all guys heard about the... Well, if you haven't heard of Creation, I'm pretty sure you haven't heard of this person. Uh, 2 Chains. You heard about this rapper 2 Chains, formerly Titty Boy? Hell no. I heard people uh, talking no, about him. Uh, yeah. Um, um, well, he's as whack as he sounds. Yes. Um, and very ignorant. Just by the nature of his name and everything, I was completely against him from the offset uh, jump. He was in the um, Cypher on the BET Hip Hop Awards. Okay. Oh. And, um, and then he ends his rap by going, two chains! Like, that's uh, that's his thing. Oh, um, yikes. Yeah. And yes. I can't support terrible rappers. Um, just cause that's just not my nature. There's too much talent out there. But then I heard his song called Murder featuring Creation. 
where he says murder, um, and I believe Twine from Where's My 40 Acres counted 39 times. 39? 39 times. Woo! And it's not even like murder, like, uh, M-U-R-D-E-R. It's like M-U-A-D-A. Like, the more duh? you like, you get murder doing this, murder doing that. Murder oh. doing, yeah, it's, it's very, very whack and very ratchet. It, it was so ratchet that I gotta admit, I, I love the song, man. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of either rapper, but the ignorance, the ignorance was like a black hole of gravity just sucking my fucking, my ratchetness addiction in, dog. Like, I was like, I can listen to this. No. It was pulling me in, man. It was, I felt, oh, I just felt dirty afterwards, but. I, I tried to hate the song and I couldn't, man. It was ter- it's terrible. I would not recommend it to anybody because it might happen to you what happened to me. And I I was like, I need to hear this shit again, man. It's it it terrible. Would you say that song murdered your resistance to it? It, it did <laughs> murder that shit. Um, all right. I, I shop. Me and Cam, we go to the grocery store kind of late sometimes. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of late night shopping, like maybe Ooh. 10 p.m. and later. Yeah, fuck them kids. I want to shop in peace. Kids are in the bed at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get in, get out. That's what mm-hmm. I like about it. Um, normally not very many lines. Um, uh, the only problem is, of course, it's late. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everybody who works that night shift at the grocery store, probably some kind of criminal. You know, some <laughs> kind of ex kind. Like, that is not, that is, you've ever seen the night crew at your local supermarket. Yes. You can see the difference. Yes, you can. You can see that shit, dog. Ain't like, it's peppy? Anytime somebody de- offers you help to look for something and you decline. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not because, no, and you really don't know where the fuck it is, but you just like, I'll find this shit on my own. I will look down these aisles. Right. <laughs> like, I, the only thing I learned is don't make eye contact with prisoners. You know? I <laughs> Why are they stocking? Right, that shit turned into beyond scared straight at the 10 o'clock, dude. I was scared as shit. And, and, and the thing is, too, man, like, you would think, well, well, that is dangerous, right? Why are you going there so late? That's because we, we stay on the white, white side, side of town. town. <laughs> and, and I feel safe as long as there's a, a nice amount of RWPs out there on the premises. Okay. Yeah, as long as you get some good RWPs, you walk on in, you can shop at will, you can leave the store with $100 bills in your pocket, you'll be fine. <laughs> but it's, it's, you just make sure that you keep them, why, why are you looking at me like that, Karen? What's the RWP? Oh, oh robbable white people. Oh, robbable. Okay. Oh, yes, want, yes, you yes. You get because, some robbable white people. they will get robbed before we will, I promise you. Yeah. They are oblivious. Yeah, like, and I, I mean, it's not my fault that no. criminals are racist. And, it, and no, and it's not my fault that the white lady's on, on the phone texting at 10 o'clock at night as she go into the store. Yes, it's not my fault, man. Mm-hmm. But not I paying attention. I noticed that shit. Now, I want to ask, everybody here is black. I wanted my man Ryan Jones, I wanted him to get answered this, but I'm going to ask y'all guys. I'll start with you first, Chris. Do you ever keep track of the amount of white people around that will get robbed before somebody makes it to you? I really don't. Uh, I don't. I'm usually the black guy in the situation. A lot of times when I have to do shopping, I do it on the way home from work. And uh, it's, it's usually in rich white neighborhoods. So, uh, so, so you're saying subconsciously you've done it. <laughs> you don't need to think about it. That's been, how, like you just haven't paid attention to. I've been, been conditioned. I've been conditioned. I'm, I have pro- haven't even thought, thought about it, man. You mean the man is programmed right. conditioning? Yeah, he, even your conditioning is conditioning. conditioning. Yeah, he has. 
Damn, what about you, Morgan? <laughs> oh, man, it was not as much of an issue here in Canada, right? Um, I'm trying to think of the times, like, you know, when I lived in the U.S. Um, oh, no, I can't. Um, it's been more the other way, like, you know, when I was at Northwestern and you'd have to get on, like, um, Purple Line. Right, yeah, you ride the L into the city. Um, you go through the north side of Chicago, like the 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 northernmost neighborhood. Rogers Park had some black people, but then a lot of the neighborhoods in between Rogers Park and downtown didn't have a lot of black people. And if you were on like late at night, and um, you know, there'd be like drunk rowdy white guys, you know, yeah, on the train. Then I'd be looking around the car, figuring out, okay, these six crazy white guys on the train, like who is going to help me? Which black people on this car are going to help me subdue them if they turn on me? Or am, how likely am I to have to spring into action should they turn on one of the other black guys on the car like that? But I've never, no, nah, the other way around, never had to count robbable white people. Not yet. And you know, and, and, I, and I guess I'm kind of conditioned like Roger. Like whenever we get out, I watch the, uh, the, the white person sitting in the car with their car on and, the, and all the doors are unlocked waiting for somebody to come out the store. I look at the person sitting in that car smoking with the car on lock. Maybe this is just me. Right. No, no, like, no. Like, like, like these, these are things I'm just, or they just standing out front of the store at 10 o'clock at night having a casual conversation with wine glass bottles in their hands uh, going to the car. They going to attack you way before they attack me. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like, I, I measure it. And the thing is, even in that situation Morgan outlined, there's probably like a Jewish dude on there going, Hmm, harassable black person. <laughs> you know? Like, whatever minority I am, they won't get to me first. They get, they gotta go to that brother. But I was, I don't know. Robable white people, man. RWPs, man. Keep a count. People gonna start noticing now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both have iPhones in our house. Mm-hmm. And if you have, uh, mo- I bet most people that have iPhones share a plan with, like, their wife or something if they both have phones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm telling you, this iPhone, the updates they made on the low, that shit's going to get somebody caught cheating. Yes. It's going to get somebody caught cheating because there's this feature on there on the iCloud that they talk about uh, where you share. You can back up your phone every night at like, you know, 3 a.m. It'll go out and make a backup of all your reminders, your calendar, your um, your so uh, different settings and apps that you downloaded and stuff like that to this just. You know, this this cloud in the sky, in the data sky. Yeah, I don't even know how to use that shit. <laughs> right. Most people don't. Okay. You know, you just, what do you say? Agree, agree, agree. And then you, <laughs> then you say, when can, I, when can I use my phone? Yes, that's what right. Nobody say. reads that shit. So most people have, you know, are setting this shit up and don't even know it. Well, I, the other day, I got a, uh alert on my phone for Karen's doctor's appointment. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, why? Yes. I'm like, why do I? Have, it says doc. It didn't say Karen's doctor appointment. No. It says doctor appointment. I, I'm like, <laughs> yes. For a second, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I don't. I'm not going to the doctor. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Karen's going to the doctor. She told me already. Yes. Um, but the thing is, like, how many people use their phone and keep oh. private shit in there that they and, don't and, want their mate to know? And all of a sudden. They they late night their uh their lunch date with Susan pops in everybody yes. and everybody wife gets it. Oh, I didn't like one of those that. articles gonna start coming in of the whole like got caught cheating because uh, oh, maybe your uh your jump off birthday is in there. Not something necessarily like blatantly like I will be fucking at three o'clock, but just like <laughs> you know like uh Sharon's uh birthday or some some yeah, friend's kid's birthday like. 
You it's just gonna be that. Why? Like, right. why is that in there? What are you gonna say, Morgan? Honestly, in the digital age, the only person I can see getting caught up like that is, and because he's been caught up like that, and he's the only person being caught up like that, is Tiger Woods. Um, where he had one cell phone and he called his girl panicked because his wife went through his cell phone. Because if you're gonna, if that's what you do, then you have more than one cell phone, or you should. Um, you go through like any, any, um, Sports locker room, mm-hmm. right? And you look at what the players have. Every player has at least two Blackberries, at least two cell phones for just that reason, right? It's one for like your wife or your actual girlfriend and like your family members and another one for, um, the skanks. So if you get caught via the iCloud, then you deserve to get caught because if you're really going to play around like that, then get a second phone, damn it. See, I think whenever there's new technology, it takes a while to get used to it. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, because I, like, I knew a dude that had a phone where he could have a separate, like, compartment and memory simply for his jump-offs, which, right. wow, I was amazed by, but I'm sure it took him a, a minute to figure out, like, how am I going to do this? Because even having two phones for a dude day and an athlete right. is is already, like, suspicious. It's your work phone. Yeah, he, I mean, you know, even just saying, like, you could come up with an excuse. But you got the point is now you have to have an excuse or a reason, yeah, yes, as opposed to having one phone. And I just wonder how many one phone pimps <laughs> was out there was out there handling business, <laughs> yes, they just and fine, they, and it was good until the update. And then the iCloud popped up and was like, "Hey, who the fuck is sharing?" You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I wonder, man. Chris, what you think about it, man? That's the new OPP one phone pimps. Um. <laughs> you got <with> OPP, <laughs> and and I, it makes it so bad. I didn't even know. You know what? And and now he says that Roderick has in the phone rent, and yes. a reminder and, to pay the yes, rent. Yes, and month. all of a sudden I'm getting like I think one time my phone even went up at the same time. Yeah, we're and I was like, I was like, huh? I don't understand. Where did this come from? Right? Did you get mad? We're like, Rod, who the hell is rent? Who is this right. chick? <laughs> and why are you paying her every month? <laughs> well, she doesn't know that rent stands for Rentavia Jenkins, who is the chick that I'm seeing. I bet you. Matter I, fact, I, I, I gotta I take you, her birthday out the phone now. I bet you, you I Google the name Rentavia. I bet you something comes up. Come on, I bet you does. Why wouldn't it? I'd be more surprised if you said I didn't think anything would come up. I'd be like, damn, for real. Um, hey, what Rentavia Gaines? Love Joy High School, Hampton, Georgia. Hope you're listening. Damn. See, Shout out to Rentavia. Go. Um. My man, I've been playing Arkham City. Yes. And I love this game. I, I get, to be, I get to be Batman fighting all the criminals. It's like they created their own uh, criminal Hamsterdam in fucking Gotham. And now all the criminals in the world are trapped in about a six block radius. And I get to go fight them all. And, I, you know, I've been playing it, trying to complete it and stuff. Um, and the story to the game is basically the uh, government of Gotham City saying, look, man, we got a whole lot of super criminals in a very small area, which is, you know, you would think they would get, they would be hip to right away, but it took them a while. And they said, look, we need to lock these motherfuckers up somewhere. We tried to put them in Arkham prison. They broke out of that shit. All hell broke loose. Um, We need to put these dudes in their own section of the city, just like the Amsterdam thing in the wire was like, just have a drug selling zone, you know? So they have a crime zone. Like, let yeah. these motherfuckers fight each other and they over control area. of this city. Uh, we'll put uh, uh, somebody in charge that's 
got guns and shit and helicopters and all that shit trained on them all day and surveillance 24-7. So we'll make sure that somebody is watching these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the thing is, if you really think about it, that solves Batman's problem. Now, I'm not saying that Batman should be cool with it, but technically... <laughs> The crime is gone from Gotham City. Yeah, except for that one area. Yeah, like go beat up a couple muggers, you know, and chill. Lines, yes. But what does Batman do? He says, fuck that, son. I feel like Arkham City is corrupt, and I need to get in there and figure out why it's corrupt. He doesn't even know why it's corrupt. He doesn't even, the only thing he knows, he has a feeling that it's corrupt. Commissioner Gordon tells him, I made a petition to say you can't build this thing, this prison here, and it was it was basically thrown out of court. And he goes to Batman after this shit's been thrown out of court. And you can find this out by reading the backstory. It's all in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people don't like reading, so this is probably new to most people that even played the game. Mm-hmm. But um, Batman, he said, uh, Gordon goes to Batman and says, "Look, man, I just feel like something's up. My shit didn't get heard in court." So it's got to be something, which is really, really narcissistic of Commissioner Gordon. Ah! Like, you couldn't have gotten your case thrown out on the merits of just everybody feels like these fucking criminals need to be locked up. In one area? Yeah. Like, really? That's unreasonable that everyone could have been like, yeah, you know what? Keep the criminals away from me. Yes. I like the city without the Joker. You know? Yes. So without any, Two-Face. Yes. Yeah. Without the threat of uh, Solomon Grandy or whatever the fuck, right? <laughs> so, so Batman organizes a plan where I'm going to be, you know, as Bruce Wayne, I'm going to campaign against this thing, the lone dude fighting against this this thing by myself. He gets thrown in jail and thrown into Arkham City where he's free to be Batman. Oh. Right? So it's like a Batman orgy of violence. Like now he's living ah, out ah, ah. all of his fantasies of beating up criminals 24-7. Yes, it is Batman heaven. There yeah. isn't a civilian in here. You no, know what I mean? Not. Like, the only civilians in here are people that, you know, wandered in because they were supposed to be doing something else. Yeah, like, got kids and doctors. Right. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, guy walking down the street getting mugged. There's none mm-hmm. of that. So, so here's the thing. People always go, well, the villains that he's fighting are insane, and the Joker's crazy, Two-Face is crazy. They got all these problems. Has anyone ever stopped to wonder if Batman is an addict? Yes. Like... This dude had a traumatizing childhood. His parents were killed in front of him as a kid, leaving the movie. He dresses up as a bat. Yeah, he now dresses up as a bat. That's right. And I feel like he self-medicates by beating up criminals. Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. That's how he feels better. Criminals are his medicine. Yes. Wait, I'm confused. Batman went to jail for the, like, as part of the the setup to this video game? Yeah, what happened was he, as Bruce Wayne. Yes. He campaigned against Arkham City, this prison, this detention center. Okay. So much that basically the people over it to hush him up had to throw him, make up some charges and throw him in jail. Right. And he knew this would happen, of course, because he's Batman. He knows everything, Morgan. How, yes. How could anyone question his plans? Right. But he gets thrown in jail. Right. And then, of course, Alfred drops off of the bat suit. That's what I was going to ask. And how did he get that? How, how did he get the Batman uniform if he was in jail? Should he not have a jumpsuit? First of all, this motherfucker, and this isn't a spoiler, this motherfucker beats up Penguin and all his henchmen in, like, the opening credits of the fucking movie as Bruce Wayne. I mean, of the game. As Bruce Wayne. And nobody nobody goes, I think that's Batman. Nobody. (laughs) Nobody. 
Nobody goes, a rich, spoiled dude comes in here and beats us up and disappears, and suddenly Batman is everywhere, and no one goes, huh, that's odd. And then the dude that thinks he's Batman isn't sure he's Batman. And yeah, he just, yeah. Oh, well, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, Karen. People ain't finished the game. I'm, I'm sorry. But I'm no. just saying, there's, there's the whole thing about Bruce Wayne beating up people and fucking flying <laughs> off and disappearing for the rest of the time in Arkham City is Nobody's questioning this. And, and I guess, it, and not to get off topic, I don't never play these games. I always watch Roger play the games. And I just sit in the background and watch the storyline go along like I played the game. <laughs> and what's so cool about this game, it, it is so lifelike and so realistic. Roger was doing something and Batman was standing there. He was like turning to the left, turning to the right. His suit was all scratched up. You can see the water fall off. It, it, it's a beautiful game. It is beautiful. Realistic, probably the wrong word to describe that. But I know, I'm y'all know what she means, okay? <laughs> Obviously, it's as not. I mean, it's about a nigga a in a video bat video game. As a nigga in a bat costume yes. flying around being yes. super villains. I don't mean like real life. But it looks good. Yes. Um, dudes that complain about women who wear certain clothing that fools them. What do you mean? Like, like I'll, and this happens routinely. Like, you'll have a guy that goes, man, she look, at, look at them jeans, man. She don't really look like that. It's just them jeans. Or look at that, you know, I'm tired of these women in these push-up bras. You're tricking me. You're fooling me. I think you got big old titties and you don't. Disgusting. <laughs> right? Hey, man. Y'all gotta shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> On some real shit, you can't fuck them all, for one. Most <laughs> that's that's the most about, important thing. <laughs> right? Uh, number one, they're not even thinking. Most of these chicks aren't even thinking about fucking you. <laughs> Two, you can't fuck all the chicks in the world. Three, I don't think that somebody trying to fool you by looking better is a bad thing. Like, I don't know who these people that just need to constantly have all this honesty around them. But I don't mind a chick wearing black because it's slimming or wearing tights to the gym because she got it's a little loose back there and she's trying to go to the gym and tighten it up. Like, that shit doesn't bother me at all, no, man. No, nah, me neither. And men do things to cover up shit, too. They might It might not be as... It's maybe less subtle than women, but yeah, you know, well, yeah, even, no, it's, it's 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 way less subtle. It's like um, yeah, like Steve Harvey's black hair, right? Line. Or like <laughs> yeah, or like I saw you driving that Lexus and I thought you were cool, but actually you're lame. Like right, and the hottest personality, the hottest lack of hey, well exactly. And I also feel the same way about chicks that are like. Well, why'd you, uh, you know, wear these, uh, I mean, why'd you drive this type of car if you ain't balling? Like, what the fuck? Why do you care? Right. Don't fuck that one. Pick another dude. <laughs> like, it's really, it is really funny. When I, like, I'll hear that shit on podcasts from time to time and, uh, different, you know, just conversations at the gym or something. Be like, man, she, she's looking like that now. But let her put on some. I'm like, what does it matter? We looking at her now, right? right. I didn't realize we married this lady. <laughs> I, I just thought she looked nice. Is that oh, wait, dudes like, really talk like that about women? Yes. Because yes. I know women talk like that about each other. Yeah, if you're a dude, like, what does it matter if you're not married to her? Yes. You know the worst place for this? Twitter. Yes, that's what I, I see, see that shit on Twitter it. all the time. And, and man. If it, I ain't even gonna lie. It, I, if it, I've had people where it got so bad, I just fucking unfollowed them. Yeah, I've unfollowed the shit out of It was men ain't shit, women ain't shit, niggas ain't shit, bitches ain't shit. Get the fuck off my timeline. <laughs> yes. You know, somebody didn't text them back the night before that they was looking for. Yeah, I gotta go through your relationship problems with yes, you. Yes, while I'm trying, while I'm trying to uh, see the sports tweets, get off my timeline. <laughs> all right, man, we got articles. That was all my random thoughts. Um, but we got some articles here that I would like to cover. 
Um, I think you might hear. I'm gonna send this article to 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 Morgan, but y'all might end up hearing this beep. We're gonna find out. Oh, no beep. All right, no, cool. We good. I don't see nothing yet, man. Oh, well, maybe that's why not. I just sent in the chat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What kind? I got scrolled up. Let me see. Let me scroll down. There we go. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. This is this. This article is in the Cleveland Leader. Whoa. An Iowa woman. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Burns down a friend's house over a Facebook dispute. Y'all mm-hmm. taking Facebook too seriously, dog. Yeah. Well, why would you say that, kid? Because um, I barely go on Facebook. I do Twitter. Oh, well, you're right. If it was Twitter, I would have to burn their house down. You're right. No, it's not even that. I, I think people take... It's a difference between your, your social media life and your real life. I separate the two. A lot of people mess that shit up. Well, isn't... Um, no, I do feel like to some extent, because it gets downplayed all the time, people are themselves on these social media outlets. Some um, people are. I would say most, most people are. Uh, Karen, even you, you are yourself. I, I mean, I live here and I see your tweets. Yes. I know you're not over there making up shit. No. no. I just hopped off a G4, bitch. I made it. <laughs> no. You know, it's, it's that like, ain't happening. Like, you keep it pretty real. I, what I think, um, so I don't think that, um. The answer is separating yourself from your Facebook. I think this person's a dick in real life, too. Well, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. person, okay, I wouldn't okay, want to be her okay. real friend or her Facebook friend. So, so the asshole in real life just rolled over. It just Facebook. rolls over. Okay. It just okay. rolls over, my belief. Uh, the defriending of individuals on Facebook can sometimes go unnoticed, but other times it may cause hurt feelings or even anger. In the case of Jennifer Christine Harris, it set off a firestorm of events. The native of Des Moines, Iowa was arrested for having allegedly set fire to the home of Nikki Rasmussen as an old friend uh, while Nikki and her husband, Jim, were sleeping. Word. Mm. Yes. So she, that's that's like arson and manslaughter if you kill those and, people. And the thing about this, I don't even know some people unfriend me. I don't care. Yeah. Well, apparently uh, this uh, Jennifer Christine Harris does. A lot. Uh, Jim immediately suspected Jennifer of having caused the fire. As she and his wife had been having an ongoing dispute that had been played out, playing out on Facebook. Now, here's the thing. I, I, I don't have anybody in my circle of friends that if my house caught on fire, I would immediately go, Morgan! <laughs> I know you did it. He's in Canada. Go I don't roll him. with anyone like that. No. <laughs> we cannot, if I suspect you, we cannot be cool. Um, according to a police report, when police asked Rasmussen about Harris, she said, the two are no longer friends due to a dispute over Facebook. According to Nikki, Jen is angry with her because she ended their friendship on Facebook. <laughs> what are you, 12? Oh, my God. Uh, apparently, Jen asked Nikki to create a Facebook event for a party, which Nikki did. But as the date of the party got nearer, there were a lot of declines. So it was looking like the party might be a bit of a failure. The disagreement between the two grew when the garage went up in flames. Harris said the first person, uh, Harris was the first person that Rasmussen, the Rasmussen's, both of them, the husband and the wife, could finger. The couple fortunately survived the ordeal unscathed, and Harris is currently being held in Polk County Jail on $100,000 bond. Wow. And that's why you have to have proper internetiquette. Yes, you do. You know? You got to know how to talk to people, man. Don't go on people's Facebook pages trying to argue with their aunts and shit. And not only that, this is why uh, if 
I knew you in high school and you tried to friend me. I don't friend you. She she was an old friend. Nah. Mm-hmm. We we talk. We gonna stay not talking. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't throw a party with this lady. Of course not. Um. So here's a sports related. I'm just amazed at how poorly written this article is. And yes, Clevelander.com, Cleveland, Greater Cleveland's premier independent news source. Um, if you say so. Uh, what it looks like to me is a bunch of people that put a website together that clearly have no practice in training in writing. It's kind of alarming. Like, they spelled Des Moines wrong. Des Moines is not that hard to spell. There's S's on the end of each word. Um, I, this is bad. This is bad. Like, the way, and, and listeners understand, this is not, the way this was, Rod was reading this verbatim. He was not, um, paraphrasing. No. Yeah, I was trying to clean it up as I was oh, doing man. it. So they were like, as best he could. Yeah, apparently, as apparently Jen as Nikki either here on Facebook. No, that's how it was written, folks. That's it, how it's written. And it says the whole staff wrote it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got together. They all worked no on one, this. That means no one wanted to take credit for oh, it. My goodness. Well, that happens sometimes too, where you like you take yeah. the highlight off this stuff. It's like, it's not saying produced by Sony. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, no, we didn't make Spider-Man 3. Um, all right. So, uh, this, I guess this is a small controversy. I haven't heard much about it. No. Um, but apparently, um, the former caddy of Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. uh, said something that people are calling racist. Okay. Um, and you know, Stevie Williams has been jumping froggy. For quite some time. Yes. Yeah. You know, ever since he yeah, ever since he got let go, that motherfucker has been upset. Despite the fact that Tiger Woods basically made this motherfucker who he is. Right. He's like, fuck that shit. I should still be working for you. Um, fine, whatever. So apparently, um I'll just read the article. Already one of the most festive evenings in golf, the annual Caddies Award Roast. Caddies Awards. Wait, I didn't even know. That's right. Well, yeah. Caddies have awards. Ah! Now, what do caddies have awards? The, the awards are in Shanghai, China. So these people, who I'd imagine mostly live like in North America and maybe in Europe, all went all the way over to China. Uh, and wow. not only do they have an award, not only do they have awards, it's a roast. It's a roast. Like, <laughs> these motherfuckers are like, being like comedians and shit. They roasting each other. Um, but yeah, so the Caddies Award roast, which I don't know how you measure anyone's ability as a caddy unless you're just looking at who they're golfing for. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah, and who wins. Yeah, it must be real good. That's, that's, that's the Roger Mayweather theory, right? Yeah, I'm the best trainer in the world. Well, well, because look who I train. Yeah, but who else? Don't look at that. Look, look who I train. I train Floyd Mayweather. Thank you. Please and thank you. I'm the best in the world. Ever heard of him? Do they go well? Instead of pulling out that nine iron, he pulled out the twelve. <laughs> <Look how he's laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's how the rose goes. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't believe it. He used the flat iron versus the four iron. So what? One award was called the celebration of the year. Oh, and everyone knew who would get it and why. The surprise was how Stevie Williams ripped into his old boss with a racial slur. That caused even more commotion involving the jilted caddy and golf's biggest name. Uh-oh. He's a character within the game of golf, and whatever bitterness that exists between him and Tiger should be in the past by now, says some dude whose first name I can't pronounce. Graham. Last- Graham? Yeah. Graham McDowell. One of several players at the party. It's unfortunate that it's going to rear its head again. Yes. Yeah, Williams, still mad. 
by he got that he got fired by Woods this summer was working for Adam Scott when he won the Bridgestone Invitational. Everybody remembers this clip. Yeah, and he basically acted like that motherfucker got. He acted like he his yeah, baby he was born yes. at the same time that he got married and found out he hit the lottery. <laughs> he was, like that dude. Like honestly, I felt like he knocked in that last putt, <laughs> not Adam <laughs> Scott. It's like, oh, Stevie Williams won, huh? Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry, Adam Scott. Uh, the tournament was also the first time that Woods played since splitting with the caddy. And emotionally charged, Williams gave a TV interview on the 18th green and called it the best win of my life. Even though he had been on the bag for 13 majors with Woods. Including that one where uh, he hugs Tiger Woods at the Tiger one when after his dad died. Yes. But you know, fuck that nigga. He fired me. Anyway, yeah, wait, oh, wait. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I think, wait, hold on now, because I, I bet you Chris is going to say the same the same thing I'm going to say. Well, what I'll say is, I think winning a tournament for a third tier tire company is a lot better than winning a major tournament where the player's dad died. You know, so <laughs> I was going to say the other thing. Okay, and emotionally charged Williams gave a TV interview on the 18th green and called it the best win of my life, even though, now after that, after the even though, it should not, the sentence should not read even though he had been on the bag for 13 majors with Woods, um, it's to say even though he does not even play golf and he himself has not won a damn thing. Right, just, ever. Even though he did not hit a life. single ball. Exactly. <laughs> even though it wasn't for Tiger Woods, exactly. wouldn't nobody know who the hell a cat was. Uh, what a caddy bitch, yeah. sir. <laughs> Even though in real life he plays from the women's tee. Like, what is right. this? <laughs> That's what Even, though his, Even though his kids are eating because of Tiger Woods. <laughs> right. Yes. I guess, I guess, I guess Williams, though, he's like that slave, like that, are we sick, boss? So he's like, yeah, this is our win. <laughs> Get out of here, man. He's a, oh, Nat, oh. He, he's a Nat Turner of caddies. <laughs> <laughs> So on Friday night, the host called Williams to the stage to collect his award and asked him to explain his enthusiasm. Williams, with a smirk on his face, leaned toward the microphone and said, It was my aim to shove it right up that black A. And then dot, 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 dot. That black Period. A so A what, Karen? Asshole? That's what it looks like to me. Okay. That's how many dashes it is. Yeah, I was trying to count them. It works out the asshole if you feel it. I played enough <laughs> Hangman to figure this I played one out. enough Hangman to know this one. Um, but yeah, so here's the thing though. Um, I don't know that that in itself is a racial slur. No. Like now, obviously, it's inappropriate as fuck. Yes. Yeah. And it's clearly beyond the pale for golf, which is supposed to be golf. Yeah. But in the context of a roast, depending on what sort of uh, jokes were being made, I don't know that it's that fucking racist. Well, I, here's the thing. It was funny because he calls it a racial slur. Um, although all he did was call Tiger black. Now, the word black is not a racial slur. Unless you're a Cablin Asian, in which case... It is an insult to be called black. So I guess in that context, it's a racial slur. But like to call, yeah. like it, what it was 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 offensive because he talked about shoving something up Tiger's ass. But I guess the racist thing here is the fact that he reminded this Cablin Asian uh, that he's black, which is what Tiger yeah. should know already. Tiger doesn't, Tiger doesn't like that shit unless he's trying to bed a couple white women. Exactly. Then he'll bring up having a black dick. Yeah. That is different. 
There's no tail <laughs> in it for Tiger. Don't be reminding him that he's black. You know, like, <laughs> yes. Nope. Um, on a night filled with banter and off-color remarks, this one was a showstopper, which means that this roast was lame. Of course. <laughs> that was the hottest joke of the night. Yeah, I told you. They were talking about nine irons and bags and your, right. mine made hey. out of leather, yours made out of pleather. Them the dinner type of jokes they had. What the hell? This was born as shit. I wouldn't want to go to this. Like, remember, Paul, when you told Steve Stricker to use an eight iron out of that sand trap, and he used the driver. <laughs> 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 I almost pissed my pants when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think? Um, like, these guys are like two big steps removed from the field of like expertise. So like if these guys all went out and played golf, I wouldn't expect it to be um, professional caliber, even though they know something about golf because they're around golfers. Now to expect these guys to be like comedians and deliver comedian level comedy at a roast. Right. You know, th- this is like when the Republican says something racist, like, why are you surprised? Right, yeah. I like I said, I would read the rest of this, cause, but it's actually kind of long for an article about. It is very long. Somebody saying an offhanded remark about Tiger Woods. Woods. Like you managed to get a lot out of this shit, huh, Fox Sports? Anyway, I'm just saying. Yeah. That shit they, ain't even that racist. They had a criteria that they had to at least have 250 words. Well, here's some breaking news that people, if they listen to the show tomorrow, may be surprised to hear because I hadn't heard about this today, or maybe I'm just late. Uh-oh. But apparently, an arrest warrant has been uh, issued for Terrell Owens. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, he failed to show up for a court date regarding child support payments. Uh, Diana Bianchini, for my Italians out there, what's up? A spokeswoman for Owens said that um, uh, Saturday, the free agent wide receiver tried to reschedule an October 24th hearing in Contra Costa County Court. So what up to my C's and my consonants? Um... <laughs> Because he had set up a televised workout in hopes of hooking up with an NFL club. No teams attended the workout. So, you know, the judge watched that shit and was like, you could have been in court. Yes. You know, <laughs> why'd you miss court for this? No one's here. Um, ah, but it's kind of fucked up, though. People keep saying that whole, like, the slander T.O., like, nobody showed up. No teams cared. But there were cameras there. Mm-hmm. Yes. People yes. care. I think they just weren't trying to be too thirsty. Right, right. Like, people don't want to play their hand or whatever, but even still, somebody cares because them fucking cameras is there. And that's really what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to uh, Bianchini, Owens was looking ah. for a new attorney and was representing himself, represent, while trying to change the court date. She said that his new attorneys will deal with the warrant issued this week. Man, that's what I like about being rich. You yeah. know, like, rich people get to say shit like, my attorney will handle my warrant. Pope be like, they coming to get your ass, nigga. Hey, yeah. Nothing you can do. Me, I'm just calling the cops like, where do I turn myself in? You better. I don't want no problems. Why was Terrell Owens representing himself? That's a beautiful but question. I can't figure out. Like, I can't, I'm, I'm not surprised that Terrell Owens had no success in changing this court date if he was representing himself. Mm. Like, I, I, well, I, you know, the rumor is he doesn't have money. That's what's been going around, you know, according to his reality show and stuff. Say so he got swindled out of his uh, own money and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, could be that, man. That's that's some real shit. If that's if this is some pretty real shit, man. But it's a bad look. You know, it's a bad look for Drew Rosenhaus. Yes. 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 And which McCollum fired him? Who? Um, which McCollum from the Eagles? Michael Vick. Uh, no, not Michael Vick. Um, Vince McCoy, Young. McCoy. 
Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Sean McCoy fired Drew Rosenhaus. Yep. And it said again. Oh, you don't know why, Karen? No, it didn't say why. Hmm. Well, well, anyway, I said why, but I didn't read that far into. That's it, a so. bad look, is all I'm saying. Drew Rosenhaus should have sent some dudes over there to rep for To take care of that dude. Because that's what you got to do when you got a messy-ass Asian like T.O., man. I mean, player like T.O. Um, all right. Speaking of messy players, Uh-oh. Michael Jordan, the NBA lockout's biggest pickle. Uh-oh. Michael Jordan is reportedly leading a charge from hardline owners seeking an NBA lockout deal, offering players no more than 50% of revenue. Players received 57% in the last deal and have offered to move down as far as 52%. Uh, it's quite a situation given that Michael Jordan was once an NBA player. In fact, as a player, he was represented by one of the fiercest player advocates in memory, uh, uh, David Falk. As such, MJ was a, at the forefront of several labor battle, battles. He said things. They were quoted. They made news. For Michael Jordan uh, was an important man. These are some of the, uh, those news items from Michael Jordan, NBA player. Um... Everyone, and then, here's the thing, I, I saw, I, I heard about some of this, like, one of it was uh, Grant Long, who nobody remembers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant Long, who was like, uh, I guess, a head of, like, Players Union or something at one point, um, he got a, a overnight uh, express package, which was Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewan, and Reggie Miller on a VH, uh, VHS tape, basically saying, like, look, man. We gotta decertify this shit. We got, you know, we gotta play hardball. You know, they, they fucking with our money, son. Let's get it. And um, now people are using those words against him because now he's on the other side of the table as an owner, and he's, you know, actively campaigning against the players' best interest because he's like, look, I'm an owner now and I'm out for the owner's best interest. Yeah, they're like, fuck you. We want money just like you wanted money. Um, now here's the thing, though. I don't see how this makes Michael Jordan any type of an asshole. Now, he already was an asshole. Yes. And people already don't like him because of that, which is fine. We just didn't know it until pretty much now, like recently. Yeah, well, I think the Hall of Fame speech is a definite come out. Mm -hmm. But that's like like three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's long enough. We know. We know how it gets down now. I think we always knew Michael was a bit of a jerk. Um... Even in, like that first championship they won, and there was a book that came out came out after the Jordan rules that talked about what 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 an asshole he was, like to the point where he wouldn't call. <laughs> Remember Wilfred Du? Yes. yes. So like, if Wilfred Du would set a screen on him in practice, he would just walk over and punch him in the face. Don't don't do me like that. And then he would, because uh, Wilfred Du went to Vanderbilt. So Jordan started calling him Will Vanderbilt because he's like, you don't deserve to be named after a Big Ten school. Like, you know, Michael Jordan. (laughs) And then every time there's more evidence that Michael Jordan is a jerk, we want to act surprised um, that Michael Jordan is a jerk. I'm like, you don't remember the last time we learned that Michael Jordan is a jerk? What do you think changed between then and now? Right. And I feel like we've gotten to the point now where people are disasterbating with Michael Jordan. (laughs) Like, we know this. Like, I can't be shocked. Like, I saw so many Twitter feeds that were dedicated to fuck Michael Jordan on Friday. And, of course, there's never a bad reason to be doing fuck Michael Jordan jokes, honestly. You know? And I'm I'm always game for a good time. But I was like, why are y'all acting surprised that he, on a team that 90% of people who who would talk bad about the NBA, and probably a lot of people who are for the NBA, would agree that Charlotte is one of those teams that they could do without, 
And if it, if they came down to uh you know the league uh making some uh going smaller, restricting the mm-hmm. amount of teams, they would be on the short list of teams that hey get rid of this team. Yes, they would. So why are you so surprised that he's fighting tooth and nail to make a profit? I don't, I just don't get it. It's In not. Su- it's not. It's not surprising. You're right. They are disacerbating. I know when I saw it on Friday, I was like, damn, that's. I was disappointed, but. Because a lot, I think Whitlock brought it up in a piece that he had. He was saying that, you know, how can he, like, do this against the players that grew up trying to be like him when he grew up? And he's like, Michael Jordan never stood for anything when he was playing, and now he's trying to, you know, be be down with this hardline tax or whatever. It's not surprising to me, like, to just to me personally, but it's just, it's a little disappointing. But I get it. Well, yeah, it's just like, well, if he, he did stand for something when he was a player, he stood for decertifying the fucking union. Well, yeah, as much well, money no, as he could. Well, that, well, that. I mean, these guys, like these guys now, are probably making more money than him. But I'm talking about, like, I think when Whitlock was trying to allude to the fact that, I guess, like the kids working in the sweatshops, making his shoes and all of that stuff. I, I will tell you what. I know exactly what Whitlock is alluding to. Whitlock is alluding to the whole, hey, so are you going to support this black dude in North Carolina who's a Democrat? It could use an endorsement from somebody from North Carolina. Uh, and he's running against one of the most racist motherfuckers in the history of the world um, in North Carolina. And he was like, um, Republicans buy shoes, too. Right. And that has been the thing that stuck about about stuck out about Michael Jordan for my entire life. That motherfucker is for that check. Homie. Hey, and it's never, ever been any type of uh, uh, miscommunication when it comes to that message. So I'm not surprised by this. And Morgan, go ahead. I was going to say, and why should people be surprised? A, because of that. And B, because Michael Jordan owns a team. If Michael Jordan was going to be the type of ex-NBA player who's going to sit around and empathize with current NBA players and fight for their rights, then he would have joined the union. You can't sit around and expect uh, an owner. I don't care how big of an ex-player he was, he's still an owner. Like, why would he sit around and advocate for players? No, he's a guy, again, as Rod said, wants his money, likes his money, he's going to make the decisions and the public statements that back that up. So I don't know why people are um, surprised about this. He's not Billy Hunter. He's not Craig yeah. Hodges. He never has been. It just reeks of, I want to be mad. That's what this reeks of. This entire quote-unquote controversy is just, I want to be mad at Michael Jordan some more. And that shit never gets old. But, I mean, to think that he should hold the same stance he had as a player in 1998. <laughs> Why would he? Now he's an owner. In two, I don't believe anything he? I believed in fucking 1998 right now. You know what I mean? Like, the, I guarantee you there's something if it was recorded. You could find that I said two years ago when we started this podcast. And I'm like, yeah, that's bullshit now. Right. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sure at some point I was like, I don't know why people block people on Twitter. Just ignore them. And then some motherfucker started blowing up my timeline because I got a little too popular. And I'm like, yes, block that nigga. I completely understand now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, go ahead, Chris. It's just going back to my point of like people still look at him with these childlike eyes. I think we, we sometimes, I, I, I'm kind of jaded. In a, as, I, I am jaded as a person, but I, I can understand why. Oh, why would Michael do that, man? But it's not. But it's it, it is what it is. It's like he's he's not the same guy that he was. Well, he. I think he's always. Oh, I think he is the same guy. guy. Well, well, I mean, no. I mean, like just as opposed to being a player, player as opposed to owner. Like, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he do that? But, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Right. I yeah, think we we all agree. But I'm not saying 
He's yes. always been this asshole. Yes, it was just has. covered a lot differently yes. at that point in time. Yes, and also I think because he was a player, he was the most popular player, and David Stern did an excellent job of pushing and promoting him in a certain type of way. And back then, the media was totally different than it was now. If he was this player now, a lot of this shit wouldn't have came out in the book. It hit the news. Yeah, this shit would have been on TMZ. Yes. Like, oh, Michael Jordan in a picture of a white with him with a white woman in a hotel. Oh, yeah. That shit would be news as opposed yeah. to... A hush-hush secret that, you know, the journalists get to keep with uh, Michael Jordan and you see him at the bar picking up a chick and you just wink and a nod. You know, that shit is done. Those days, now that shit is on TMZ. It kind of reminds me of that uh, Jeff Perlman book on Walter Payton. Is it Jeff Perlman? Uh, Yeah, Uh kind of. It's like, you know, like he's he's more than just this adorable football player and and he's, you're seeing more facets of this guy, and a lot of people are upset about that. But that's who that guy was. Uh, you know, it's just it's the same thing. Well, it's like a lot of things, dude. People are upset about the nostalgia that they yeah, felt. Right. Like, they're upset that this image got tainted by real life getting in the way of a perfect picture of a man that you painted. And, you know, it's the same reason, the same thing why I bring up the whole. Uh, Martin Luther King used to be fucking chicks and is that so bad you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean like I don't right. know like I don't feel like that shit makes his civil rights movement not worth it you know yeah. like oh but he was fucking chicks he was unfaithful like yeah that's fucked up but um thank you for the freedom I know so I'll true. take it you know what I mean <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know um speaking of uh images wow. have y'all heard about Seattle based superhero Phoenix Jones it's a hell yeah. Alright, now everybody knows he got his identity unveiled because he rode up on some people that said they were just dancing in the alley. He thought it was a fight. They had this shit on film. He rode up on them and got in an altercation with them as pepper sprayed some and then proceeded to get beat down by this woman um, on camera. So uh, he went to court. His identity was unveiled. Well, apparently his brother is an MMA fighter. That's right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because we know his identity, we can now track down his relatives and shit. This is what Peter Parker was afraid of. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so he was fired from his job this week following a recent arrest, which I thought was... And I, I guess I want to get y'all's opinion because I'm kind of torn on this issue. Because he, they fired him from his job and like... His job was, like, taking care of, like, autistic kids. So, like, part of me is, like, like, why should he get fired because he's a superhero and he takes care of autistic kids? That actually sounds like a very appropriate job for a superhero. But maybe I'm I'm just tripping, man. Maybe, uh, apparently, because it was dangerous behavior and stuff, uh, they they have a clause in their contract with him that says, look, you can't be working here if you uh doing next get in any dangerous uh behavior you have to get out of here so uh I'll, I'll just open it up to the floor uh karen first of all what do you think is it justified firing if there was something in his contract that says so yes if not no they're not related to each other i like i, I don't see the, the the correlation um unless there was something to say you can't be arrested unless there was something you know I me mean, some type of a form of stipulations that, that says you can't have any altercation with the law 
or anything like that because if that's the case, people get DUIs all the time and you don't see people firing them for their jobs. Well, it says that the reason they did it was because he has a history of interjecting himself into situations that are dangerous. Uh, oh, Morgan, what do you think? Repeated pattern of it. Well, and we don't know what the rules are, right? Like a lot of he's working, you know, for a government agency and working with kids, and like a lot of times you got to have, um, you know, a criminal background check before you accept a job like this. So now when you have a criminal record and now it's public because you've been arrested, like they all kind of justification um, to fire you because they can say, well, if if you had done this the day before you came to apply for your job. Uh, we ran a, a, a record, sh- a, a, a criminal background check on you. This would have come up, and we wouldn't have hired you in the first place. So, here's the door. Bye. I can see it. Yeah. I, I, what about you, Chris? I can see the same. I agree uh, with Karen and uh, Morgan because I used to work with autistic kids um, when I was living in Chicago, and uh, you do get the background checks. And, and if he, and it's like Morgan said, if he keeps, I think you or Morgan said, if he keeps continually uh, injecting himself in these situations is not is not really safe and then how can he be comp you know how can he be confident enough to to take care of these kids but on the flip side i mean that's 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 a damn near admirable it's an admirable gig you know that's not the easiest job and i mean i can just see it both ways i mean i don't know like has he uh has he gotten into trouble before for doing this or did he just get revealed he just uh, got with, revealed. So, so, did, so, how do they know that he had he's had other prior instances? Well, he's been a superhero. There's like he's had cameras. Like it's no secret who see, uh, Phoenix Jones. Right. Okay, I get it. Yeah, the yeah. the so, hero is before. But yeah, but nobody knew. Nobody seen his face. Yeah. What'd you say, Morgan? He he has not solved, but he has done this before. So yes, he's he's crime. a crime fighter. Now I don't know if he's spray face. He's not. He hasn't done this shit before. Yeah, uh, he like normally has his mask. Yeah, on. most of this superhero shit boils down to like getting kittens out of trees and shit. It's not going around beating up people. It's it's uh these people have normally good working relationships with the cops and normally they call the police. It's not them yeah. actually fighting anybody and shit mm-hmm. like that. Um, and even this one, it looked like. It this it got out of control, man. And he was filming the shit, and he did reveal his identity and shit. But it's just one of those like, I don't know, man. I feel some kind of way about it, but maybe it's just because I want to believe in a world where we can have heroes, man. You know, but we can't. We do have heroes. His name is Michael Jordan. What are you talking about? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we haven't talked about <laughs> and Herman Cain, man. Exactly. <laughs> it's still, it's still out there. The, the I future am America, future president of uh, America, That's according to Morgan. Song. That's right. Uh, attacker halted by sword is fifteen years. Oh, that's right. This is a twist on the typical sword ratchetness. The sword saves somebody. Oh. A San Antonio teen who pistol whipped one man, kicked another in the face as an accomplice stabbed him, oh, shot both shit. victims. He did. This dude was going all in. He shot both victims and put a gun to a woman's forehead during a botched home invasion. Was sentenced Friday to 15 years in prison. Raul Julian Vargas, who was 17 at the time of the of the October 10, 2010 break-in, had planned to steal drugs from the Northside apartment, which authorities described as containing numerous caged exotic animals and a marijuana growing room. But after a female resident unsheathed a samurai sword. And started screaming at Vargas. He and his accomplices, accomplices were content to flee only with a Mac laptop. So these dudes had a gun. 
managed to beat everybody up, stab somebody, shot a couple people, and then a woman came out with a sword and they abandoned the plan. That does not make any sense. It doesn't. It really does. Like, they have not watched enough Indiana Jones movies. Well, if if swords were more powerful than guns, then like the entire history of the Western world would be different. Right. <laughs> or, or maybe she startled them. Like maybe they just. But like, even oh, well, you startled me, and I have a gun. That's true. You startled a nigga with a gun. <laughs> How did you not get shot? That's what I'm saying. Dark animals the, were in there. According to the maybe district, she cast a spell on them. Right, maybe. According to the district, she used one of those jutsus, Karen. That's right. According to uh, District Judge Angus McGinty, he found the facts of the case to be horrendous. And I do, too. How the fuck did they do that with a... Oh, he's talking about the actual crime. Um, <laughs> okay. I find you to be extremely dangerous, he told Vargas. Vargas initially faced up to life in prison for aggravated robbery, but pleaded no contest in September in exchange for prosecutors agreeing to ask the judge for no more than 15 years. He wept Friday as defense attorney William Davidson called his employer and two other acquaintances who asked the judge for mercy, describing him as an aspiring barber and a tattoo artist. Wait, hold on. Yep. Let's stop this right here. Um, you can aspire to goals that are like really lofty and difficult to attain, right? He's an aspiring football player. He's an aspiring comedian because you have to work your way up through all kinds of levels. Mm-hmm. What is an aspiring barber? Like, you know how to cut hair, you don't. Like, by the time you're 17, you've got some little friends, siblings, whatever, you've cut your hair, like, an aspiring... Dude, what is stopping you from being a barber? And, I mean, in the words of Jay-Z, a gun in your face, and that's all you could come up with. Why not be an aspiring doctor, an aspiring lawyer, aspiring president? He's an aspiring barber. Yes, this is what I'm saying. Just make the shit up. Who's going to check? You know what I mean? I, I was aspiring to be the world peace leader. Okay. I believe you. 15 years either way. Um, So uh, Vargas' tears stopped as the judge announced the sentence. His mother, however, began wailing, yelling at, over the judge, and then talk, taking a poorly aimed swing at television, a television cameraman as deputies escorted her out of the courtroom. Well, now so, they know where he got it from. Right, exactly. apple in the tree, dog. The apple in the tree. Uh, witnesses told police that on the night of the robbery, Vargas called an acquaintance he met once during a job interview. Wow. So he went they, to a barbershop. Okay. <laughs> now, now, peep this out, though. He called an acquaintance he met during a job interview stating that he was looking for a drug connection. Hey, how kind of job interview is this? <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me see your references. Yeah, hey, hey, Chris, it's Rob, man. Remember me from the job interview? Uh, what you what you know about getting some weed around here? You know, seems a little for it, but maybe that's the only number he had left in his phone. Uh, he was referred to another man who directed him to the North Side apartment. Uh, after asking the man if he had any marijuana or guns, Vargas pulled out his own gun. Knocked, now, see, the correct answer to that was yes and yes. <laughs> As, now that's what happens when you say yes and no. Like, oh, we got weed, but no, we don't have any form of protection. Um, Vargas pulled out his own gun, knocked out the drug connection's tooth with it, shot him in the shoulder, and then pointed the weapon at the man's girlfriend. Oh. Meanwhile, witnesses said two accomplices were trying unsuccessfully to subdue the homeowner, stabbed him twice in his ribs as they wrestled with him before Vargas. Uh, before, before asking before, Vargas. Oh, okay. Before asking Vargas to shoot the man. Now, have, those are some polite accomplices, because they didn't tell Vargas to... They're like, yo, shoot! 
<laughs> Sir, please, please, may I ask you for a, uh, uh, may you shoot, will you please shoot this man, please? Yeah. I think we're back, uh, should be good, hold on, uh, our internet dropped for people at home that, uh, had, that aren't privy to the inner workers of a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> the internet dropped, and I believe Morgan was making a point and we lost you what, in the middle what, of it. What was I, what had, what had I said? Um, let's see, we were Which talking you? about the stabbing. Yes. Yeah. So they wrestle the dude to the ground and they're stabbing him. And it says before asking Vargas to shoot the man, which he did, which is strange because you would think like in the heat of the moment they would just like tell him to shoot the guy or plead that he shoot the guy, but they asked. You yeah, might, they were very polite. Yes. Do you mind shooting this guy? You know, oh, you know what? I wasn't going to, but since you asked so nicely, do you mind? Do you mind shooting him? <laughs> you know, the other thing too is like. um you can't, don't forget, this is like his lawyer's version of what happened. So, true, like, true. like, he could have just walked in, started stabbing and shooting people, and of course the lawyer's going to be like, then they asked him to shoot him, and Mike can is so kind. As an aspiring barber, he's learned that you look, the customer is always right. Um, so, yeah, so apparently um, they asked him to shoot the dude, and uh, he was like, cool, I got y'all. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no problem. We dabbed them, you know, dapped them up. Uh, and it looks like all the victims ended up surviving anyway. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, the roommate, who, uh, is not the girlfriend, so they had another person there, picked up a sword, and then the, the bad guys ran out the room. That's what I don't understand. So he's got no problem shooting defenseless people, but the one person who actually does threaten his safety... He doesn't shoot, like, even out of self-defense. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just... also a lot of work to do. And I, 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 I'm, I'm the first to admit, like, I'm not the least criminal person you'll come across, but it just seems to me like a lot of work to do to steal some weed. Yeah. A lot of work, man. Yeah. To yep. pistol whip one guy and then shoot somebody else and shoot him, too, just to what? To get some weed? Unless and a lot of a lot of potential time too. Yeah, she be yeah. like, I'm sweat for you got it. Is that worth it? Well, I'm just saying a lot of potential prison time. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh Nashua man allegedly stabbed the acquaintance with the samurai sword. Uh oh. That's right, it's sword season, guys. <laughs> you know, hide yourself, hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> Nashua police arrested a local man early Thursday morning for allegedly threatening and stabbing a friend with a samurai type sword. Some friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't a real friend. Cause it was just a type of sword, a type of samurai sword. You know, not the. It wasn't the samurai sword. It was the samurai type. It was close. Um, <laughs> Might have been a ninja sword. Those are a lot shorter. Yes, uh, according to a press release by National Police Department, Andrew Lavoie. Well, I don't know how to pronounce that. Lavoie. Lavoie, nineteen of three Murray Court, number twenty-six. They give his address. Cause <laughs> it's a unit number. It's a unit number. Holy shit. Yes, I that's think right. that ought to be illegal. It's not that big. So, like, you see the name Andrew Lavoie, like, you know who it is. And it's just like, just in case you didn't know, here's... Now you know exactly who it is. I don't yeah. know. He's, well, also the, he's also the mayor of Subway. <laughs> like, five miles away from right. the <laughs> It's like, here's a good place to go if you like to get stabbed. <laughs> um, it's charged with a Class B felony, second-degree assault, criminal threatening, each carrying a sentence of imprisonment in the state prison up to seven years in addition to fines. Wow. Police said patrol officers responded to a local hospital on Wednesday, November 3rd, 
regarding an assault complaint upon arrival the officers met with an adult male victim who reportedly had been threatened and assaulted by Andrew Lavoie. Detectives at the department's criminal investigations division conducted an investigation determined that the victim and his alleged assailant knew each other. They learned that further that the victim was being treated for a minor hand incision that was caused by Andrew Lavoie. And it was done with a small samurai sword where he threatened and assaulted well, the victim. you know I don't commit crimes because when I was in class A, B, C, damn it, I don't know what the difference it, what difference it makes. It's all jail time. But well, here's a story that's kind of cute. Apparently, I'll just do this one real quick. A couple, 59-year-old man and a 53-year-old woman, stole a police car so they could have sex in it. Ah! I feel like the craziest stories, right? A couple times I've been on here, and the craziest stories involving people too old to be doing the shit they're doing come from the Palm Beach Post. (laughs) (laughs) Another one about some, like, old-ass roommates and, like, somebody threw some, uh alcohol on somebody or something and tried to light him on fire and these guys are like 55 years old and he still got roommates and now this <laughs> oh florida florida man Tell uh you. it looks like um they were arrested for grand theft auto sheriff's probable probable cause affidavit says the plain clothes the plain clothes deputy from the sheriff's auto theft task force parked their green honda civic in front of a quick stop uh, and the Civic, which is owned by the Sheriff's Department and had video and audio and GPS surveillance, was locked, left unlocked while running. Ah! <laughs> Pratt and Pearson uh-huh. got into the car, backed the vehicle out onto the highway, headed southbound, uh, spotted by deputies. They followed the Civic and conducted a traffic stop. Uh, and um, Pearson and Pratt were taken into custody. Pratt told deputies he knew the car was stolen but didn't regret it because he wanted to go have intimate relations with Pearson. Wow. Yeah, now you know he owed. That nigga said relations. Well, yeah. ah, ah. <laughs> same thing. I was oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was oh, no. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say it. The affidavit says it. Right? Oh, okay. So he's probably like, yeah, I was just trying to go get some action. And then, because police have, they always speak police ease on these affidavits. So to go yeah. have intimate relations. He could have oh. said Poontang. Yes. He could have said. <laughs> exactly. He said a lot of stuff. He's he, old. He probably said I was going to go get some trim. And they were right. like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> relations. Uh, an elderly man was kidnapped and raped near Socorro yeah. Park. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Now, listen, guys, listen. I'm going to tell y'all something. Well, actually, I'll read the article first, then I'll say it. Socorro police and the FBI are looking for four men who police say attacked and raped an elderly man who was out this morning for his morning walk. Investigators said the 70-year-old was walking Thursday around 6 a.m. at this park. And uh, he said four black men got out of a late 90s Ford or Chevrolet van or minivan. And demanded the Mexican-American man to give them money. When he said no, they allegedly grabbed him and threw him in the van and raped him. Oh. Then the men, they yelled racial slurs at the victim as they raped him. And these four people know each other well enough to do something like this in front of each other. This is an atrocity, Garcia said. This man was somebody's dad. This man was somebody's brother, somebody's friend. And David Garcia is a, a spokesman for Socorro. Texas, okay. I guess. I don't know. They didn't even say police department or nothing. Ooh. They just say they just say spokesman <laughs> for the car. Wait, wait, wait. 
first of all, this guy in, in quotations, in the quote, there's an exclamation mark after atrocity. Like, how do you determine that when speaking to somebody? Like, because mm-hmm. he was mad. <laughs> he said the victim was the victim was so badly hurt that he had surgery and is in serious condition at a hospital. I think that's ridiculous. A 70 year old man getting taken and raped by an unknown vehicle. What you know? The hell? Yeah, that was vehicle rape. Wait, wait. Can we go ahead? Go ahead, Morgan. Even the van got some, Morgan. Even the van. Yes, the van got it. Wait, wait, wait. So it would be less ridiculous if a 39 year old man was taken and raped. It would be less ridiculous if a 70 year old man was taken and raped by a known vehicle. Like I don't. <laughs> it's weird because like they don't they don't know if it's a Ford or Chevrolet or van or minivan or Lexus or Chevy Blazer or was it a boat? Like what kind of like reporting? It's like oh, what? When you're being raped in a vehicle, it's hard to get the make and model, man. No, it's, Christian, it's harder than you think. Christian Nevada says that the vehicle did the raping. Yes. He was raped by an unknown vehicle. Yes. And see, when the vehicle's behind you, how can you tell what the make and model is? True. Yes. You, you just got to go by the weight and outline. Are you trying to tell the tire size? That's very, very hard to do. Yeah. Uh, he lives in the neighborhood and said he usually wakes up early and sees several people take a walk along the park. He said the children also walk to school early in the morning. Police said the attackers are in their mid-20s to 30s. Call the police if you have any information. Now, what I was going to say about this is I don't believe it. I was going to say, this story is so full of holes. Yeah. It sounds, like, no all those, it sounds no. like all those stories where somebody makes up, uh, oh, this black dude tried to rape me. Yes. And, and it's like, oh, and then they carved a Z on your fa- face for Obama and they did it backwards <laughs> like they did it in the mirror. Yes, yeah. exactly. It sounds like he was probably out there with his 23-year-old lover and he when he hurt him too hard. And yes. they didn't want to tell about their love affair, so he just said, well, tell somebody, tell them that somebody raped you, and I'm out. Right. Yeah. Mm, that could be true. I mean, yeah. because I, I can't see this particular, like, the story really makes no sense. It doesn't, like, I guess, and the thing and, and, is. And I know this can happen, but it still, it don't make sense. The, you thing, know, uh, the thing is, like, it's not that I don't want to, um, it's not like I, I, I'm purposely, like, Fuck this dude! It's impossible. Cause I, I've read a story before on here where I was like, "That shit sounds like it happened, and that's a nightmare." Yeah. But this shit is so fucked up. But my mind is just like, this can't be real. And it feels kind of far fetched to me because none of the assailants were aspiring barbers, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they wanted some trim, but they didn't get <laughs> trim. Trim up. They will be. Um, my favorite part about these kind of articles are the uh, comments. comments. Yeah, <laughs> like my man uh, Ku Klux Knievel <laughs> left a comment. <laughs> that is awesome. That's his name. He left a comment. Niggers never cease to amaze me, and they will mud dick any and all. And somebody comment was so bad it got removed for violating a usage of agreement. Wait, I'm wait, the wait. they said. But Ku Klux Knievel. He didn't violate any usage agreements. Yes. Well, well, when he wrote niggers, he put it in all caps, but he didn't put an I, he put an exclamation point. So (laughs) he's not really saying nigger. Like, he's not really saying. Yeah, it's an ironic nigger. And I love Ku Klux Knievel, like, 
bashing niggers as if a guy named Ku Klux Knievel is also going to like Mexicans too. Like, shouldn't he yeah. just call this a draw? Like, well, well, it's okay because he's voting for Herman Cain, so he's not <laughs> really racist. He's acceptable. Um, the problem with politically imposed racial favoritism is that it requires stereotypes of moral- morally superior and morally inferior races to racially. That's what he put. The racially favored are thus encouraged to treat those stereotypes as morally inferior, as though they deserve both discrimination and personal contempt. The weak-minded of the politically favored, always a majority, will naturally succumb to the siren song of racial superiority because it is an effortless path to a superior self-image. Thus, today's spectacle of arrogant, arrogant black bigots expressing violent contempt for whites which mirrors but does not remedy the same racial violence and reverse colors of the past. What the hell is he talking about? Uh, yes, okay. Yes, it mirrors it, but it doesn't remedy it. Also encouraged by the stereotypes of politically imposed racial, racial favoritism. Too bad that the perpetual politically inspired <laughs> violence and contempt visited upon one another by the American people is never directed at those who actually profit from every form of racial favoritism. The scum of Jesus. <laughs> you know, this person doesn't have any any validity with me because the person's name is Zabrotha. And <laughs> yeah. it sounds like this is a person that plays World of Warcraft. Wait. And, you know. I just, I don't this respect have any credibility with me because they are commenting on a news story about, well, because they're commenting on a news story, period. Right. And because they're commenting on a news story. I love that. I also <laughs> About also, <laughs> about a 70-year-old man being raped by an unknown vehicle. That's what I said. Also, like, one, you can't, you can't get any type of societal greater truth from this fucking article. But then also, I love that this motherfucker was up at 5.50 in the morning. <laughs> like, this is, I'm going to comment on this shit right here. <laughs> yes. Well, the other thing is, this is, this is clearly like some screed. This guy has, it's just been in his head right. for years, and he just needed the perfect opportunity just because he just, he needed the opportunity to express it, and this story gave him that reason, because what he's, what he wrote has nothing to do with so, the story. this is his stump oh. speech. Yes. Like, yeah. he has just, like, people go, hey, man, you walk, ball out, and he goes, I didn't walk. Listen, the racial minorities and inferiority of the supreme masses will lead you to that. You're like, dog, what? I just, okay, you can have a ball. I'm sorry. This has nothing um, to do with vehicle sodomy. This doesn't no. have anything to Yes, sodomy. why are you bringing this up? He's like, your vehicle sodomy story is getting in the way of my rent. <laughs> um, hot, hot sandwich. Hot sandwich. Armed robbers flee with 13-year-old's meatball sandwich. Uh-oh. Now, I know this is an article that's going to really go near and dear to Karen's heart because the meatball sub is Karen's favorite. It is. Armed robbers made off with a 13-year-old victim's $5.50 meatball sandwich Saturday <laughs> evening but left behind his cell phone, which the teen promptly used to call the police. <laughs> uh, how you going to take my sandwich but leave my cell phone? I'd have called the police on your ass, too. The two sp- suspects... Rayshawn Amir Mallory and Ernest Wellington Barnett. What? I like I like that their names to me are almost complete opposites. <laughs> like Rayshawn Amir Mallory sounds like a nigga that might rob you. 
Ernest Wellington Barnett could also work at Bank of America as CEO. <laughs> like, like they, like I, I mean, I just like the disparity of the name. It's like Rashawn. Rashawn uh, got Ernest to do this. Right. Yeah. Well, he Ernest. asked him to shoot the guy. Yeah. And he was uh, Ernest Wellington is so nice. He was an he aspiring had, barber before he got asked to do this. <laughs> right. And tattoo artists, don't forget that. Yeah. Uh, both of Philadelphia were in police custody before the warm sandwich had time enough to cool. Woo-hoo! At least he got the sandwich long. Two women. You think they confiscated it for evidence, Karen? Oh, damn. Then I got to go get another sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Two men with them in the getaway car. Let's take fingerprints. Fuck you. Give me my sandwich. Two men with I'm them in the... I'm like, just keep the wrapper for the... Get, for yes, the, give me the sandwich. Keep the uh, wrapper. Two men with them in the getaway car. Andre Eric Graves Jr. and Rainey Alexander Smith. Also, both of Philadelphia were charged as well. Uh-huh. It took four niggas to rob a 13-year-old of a sandwich. Of a sandwich. A sandwich, dog. 13 years old. Did you at least get chips and a drink come out. <laughs> Damn it. Damn. You got to combo that shit up, man. Yes. According to court documents, the teen had just bought his dinner at a nearby deli and was on his way home when two men exited a Black Four expedition and approached him. <coughs> One of the men... Later identified as Mallory was brandishing a black revolver. Whatever you do, don't move, Mallory allegedly told the teen. According to the probable cause affidavit written by Detective Sergeant David Splane. A second man who was identified as Barnett, according to police, searched through the teen's pockets. If you do have if you do have anything, I'll cap you. That must they, he must say don't. I was gonna oh, say, that's, that's kind of a that's kind of a shitty choice, isn't it? That's yeah. like the opposite of Robin. And you know what? I think that that I honestly think that they mistake this child for another child that they thought had money or thought was selling drugs or something. No, like man, these niggas just randomly rob somebody. For a subway sandwich, that's not even worth it. <laughs> no, not for the sandwich. They just robbing people. Like oh. I don't think it's a we targeted this dude. Oh, okay. It sounds like they just robbed the first motherfucker they saw that. Looked, and he just happened to be the target. Yeah, wasn't no RWPs around, so they <laughs> set up for this 13-year-old. Yeah, if you look around and ain't nobody around, you run. Oh, oh, not if you don't have anything. It says if you do anything. Do anything. My bad. Yeah, there we go. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you do anything, I'll cap you. When the suspects realized the team had nothing to value, the police said Mallory grabbed the victim's sandwich. Mallory and Barnett then ran back to the awaiting Ford. Which was last seen fleeing south. Now, I feel sorry for the two dudes waiting in the car. Yes. Because they were waiting. They were like, how much did we get? Uh, we got a sandwich. <laughs> Nigga, I ain't going to prison for 10 years because a, a sandwich? sandwich? Well, so they ran back to the awaiting Ford, which was last seen fleeing south on Bond Cell. And they tell you where this fleeing car was going as if they didn't already catch the car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the teen called police who were dispatched to Orchard Avenue at 6.58 p.m. on a report of pedestrian robbery. In addition to a description of the suspect, the teen provided a description of the vehicle. Patrolman Latif Bryant was in the area of Church Lane just outside the police department when he saw a vehicle matched the description occupied by four males. So you know how you rob people of a sandwich? Do you drive by the police department? Why not? Yeah. Um, and you know what? Minutes later, this child in it. Yeah, you yeah. never catch me, coppers. Mm. <laughs> this Sound child delicious. paid more attention to the vehicle than the old man. Yeah, well, he didn't get raped by it. Oh, well, that, that's true. My bad. A thirty-eight caliber revolver was found in the vehicle along with a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an open sandwich. case. 
They uh, didn't even eat the sandwich. Okay, they probably still had the, the receipt in the bag. Easiest case ever. Oh. You have to and eat the sandwich. in the bag. Oh. What a terrible way to go to prison. Like, All they stole was a Subway sandwich. Oh, oh, shit. What are you in here for? I stole a sandwich from a 13-year-old. <laughs> so these, these guys are going to have bloody asses in jail because they stole a sandwich. Yep. And I bet you wasn't even a foot long. I bet you it was a, a six-inch. <laughs> both, both Mallory and Barnett were charged in the robbery theft and receiving stolen property, property recklessly endangered another person and simple assault. Mallory was additionally charged with making terroristic threats and oh, firearms shit. not to be... Yeah, and carrying a gun without a license. He wasn't playing that shit. He keeps it real for a sandwich. Graves and Smith are charged with criminal conspiracy to commit robbery. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, man. It's just funny when you think about a sandwich. Criminal conspiracy to commit robbery over a sandwich. Yeah. A $5.50 sandwich. It wasn't even a Jersey and Mike sandwich. These them shits is eight, nine, ten dollars Yeah. It's like a deli. It's not even no real, like, it's not like a sandwich shop. Like, not even a national chain. And these guys, man. All right. Now, I have one last story, and it may take us a second. I don't know. I haven't really thought about what to say on it. But it's a major story. Um, and it's the reason that Ryan Jones couldn't be here. Apparently, at Penn State... They got some problems, dog. They got yes, some problems. Uh, and it goes all the way to the top. Um, and I read this article before, and I'll try to summarize what I know. And if you guys are familiar with it, please correct me. But um, it looks like a graduate assistant went into uh, the locker room on a day when it wasn't really supposed to be used. It was supposed to be empty. It was 930 at night. Um, and he was surprised because he heard the showers running. And... He thought he heard somebody fucking, and he walked into the shower, uh, walked by the shower area, and he saw Jerry Sardesky, uh, who was 58 at the time, having sex with a 10-year-old boy in the lo- in the shower, in the locker room. Now, Sardesky at the time was the former defensive coordinator. I guess he still is, but just saying, he wasn't working at Penn State at the time, and it looks like he was running some sort of... Uh, program where he would bring these kids by the locker room every once in a while supposedly you know like motivate them and you know help these kids i guess play bat, play football or whatever help at risk youth shit like that and he was bringing them by having sex with them um and so the grad assistant when he found out he called he ran to his office and called his father and his father told his son hey get the fuck out of there um, now that's fail number one for me. Like, come on, dog. Call the cops. Is there really a moral, like, is there really any leeway to be given in that situation morally? Like, no. I honestly can't think of a situation where I can see some dude, a fucking 60-year-old man having sex with a 10-year-old and go, uh, you know what, dog? Uh, that's reasonable. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't know, dog. I Oh, did we lose Morgan? Well, yeah. I'm back Morgan. on you. Okay. 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 It was about 10, oh. 15 seconds when, uh, where I couldn't hear you. Okay. okay. Uh, well, um, I, I don't know where you dropped off at, but basically uh, the grad assistant went back to his uh, office yeah. and his father told him to leave and he didn't call the cops. Now, I'll stop right there first. Don't y'all find that to be a failure right away? Like, why don't you call, like, is there any situation... Well, you can see that happening and think it's okay and I shouldn't call the cops? No, and, and 
I think that when he walked in there, this should have been an open and shut case. That'd have been like, yeah, a teacher assistant, whoever he is, is charged for assaulting a 58 year old man butt naked while the shower is running. No, you got it all backwards, but oh, uh, wouldn't he butt naked with the no, 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 boy? No, 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 hold on. Oh, wait. Yes. I know exactly what you mean. I, this would have stopped at the you beginning. You said the grad assistant should have beat this old man up. Yes, and Got called the police, and the police <laughs> would have came and charged me for beating up an old man butt naked in the shower with a kid, yeah. open and shut case. Yeah, when you said assault, I thought you meant sexually assault. I was like, no, no, no one was fucking the old man. No, and I was like, oh, beating I Beating the old man's ass. The old man yeah. would have been stretched out in the shower. I'd have covered him up with a towel for decency. Right. And this whole case would have went no further than that. I'm not going away and calling the police and I see you assaulting a child. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, even if you just call the cops, that's the minimum, right? Minimal. Minimum, you call the cops. It goes, good call dude the cops is here, should be here. Um, and apparently he was like a friend of the program. So, if anything, that really should tell you a lot about college sports. Yes. Yeah. That right there in a nutshell should tell you everything you need to know about college big time sports. The fact that Anyone would have to think about this situation, and the decision would be, uh, I should just not say anything at the time and see how this plays out. But uh, hey, let me get y'all thoughts right there. I'll just stop right there. Chris, what do you think I, so far, man? I like to think that I would have uh, called the cops or did like Karen would have like jumped on the dude, because that's something that that guy, that grad student is going to have to live with that. You know, he eventually is saying he eventually told Paterno. He told him the next day. Yeah, we'll get that. Yeah, it just plays. It's just like you said. As you you're alluding to the fact that college sports is this big institution, and it's it's all about uh, keeping those cogs moving. And uh, I can, and that maybe that's why there was some trepidation in that grad student's head. You know, that's probably why he did that. What should I do? And his dad's like, "Get the fuck out. This is Penn State." You know. Right. That's sad, man. What about you, Morgan? What do you think so far? Um. Yeah, there's so many layers to this. One, yeah, I, I, it's very, it's it's instructive uh, to watch this guy's reaction because he can't uh, immediately, um, he can't immediately make the moral decision that most of us would make reflexively, which is either to call the police or, again, yeah, to, to intervene, right? Like his allegiance to the program and allegiance to this former coach is such that it takes him a while to figure out what he's got to do. And then, you know, he makes a decision that seems like a compromise. So he doesn't go, and it's a com- comfortable compromise, I guess, for him, right? Like, he doesn't go to the police. He goes to an authority figure, you know, uh, to, to, to the athletic, athletic director, whoever it is. But he doesn't go to the police, right? So he, go, he passes the buck to the athletic director and says, okay, well, I trust them to take care of this. Uh, that way, um, you know, my conscience is eased. I don't feel like I've, I've held this big secret, you know, and endangered these children. I've, I can tell myself, you know, that I did something to help them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, he does the thing that isn't going to, that, that, that's going to keep, um, keep Sandusky, you know, from facing any real justice. So it's, it's, he makes a compromise that I guess he was comfortable with at the time. I don't know if he's that comfortable with it right now. It's amazing to me, um, you know, if, if Paterno knew about it and Paterno claims to have, you know, well, we'll get more into the go- yeah. how it went up the chain in a second, but yeah, starting right there at ground one, this shouldn't have been a story. No, like the story, like you can a program I think can live through. Hey, this dude was a trusted friend, and he was abusing oh, he was his power. Too. That's right, uh, and his influence with our program. 
and we got his ass the fuck out of here because we have a zero tolerance policy for that, mm-hmm. and right. now he's in prison. That I think that story goes away eventually. Yes, and if does. nothing else, it, it makes it look like you give a fuck. This story doesn't. This story stays forever. Um, the next day, a Saturday, apparently, the grad student went to the home of Joe Paterno and told him what he saw. Um, the day after that, Paterno called Penn State Athletic Director Tim Curley to his home to report that the grad assistant had told him uh, what he told him he witnessed. And he said what Paterno told, told uh, Curley was that Jerry Sandusky was in Lash Building shower in the Lash Building showers fondling or doing something of a sexual nature to a young boy. So even he downgraded it a little bit. And and it's like a game of telephone because by the time we get to the yeah. end, it's like he was wrestling and shit. Like so, okay. <laughs> um. So apparently, um, right there, that's step two. Joe Pa could have ended this shit. Yeah. Could have called the cops. Also, why did it take him a day to talk to the athletic director? You know what I mean? Like just like another like one of those. How important was this thing? Um, a week and a half later, according to the grand jury report, the grad assistant was called to a meeting with Curly and Gary Schultz, the school's senior vice president for finance and business. What thing he have with this? Bing, bing, bing. Right. The money. 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 <laughs> Go get the money. Money. <laughs> we need to talk. That's right. Um, Dusky had retired from Penn State in 1999. Um, and remember, this happened in 2002, so this is three years after he retired. A surprise to many who saw him as a possible successor to Paterno, he instead dedicated himself to Second Mile, a group home that he founded in 1977 dedicated to helping troubled boys, which, if that shit doesn't make your skin oh, crawl right yeah. now. Yeah, because it's just like, how long have you been doing this yes, shit? Yes, and he yeah. has, he's had access to, what well, I'm 32, 33, he's done this for 34 years. Yes. Right. Um, and, well, and also, if he if he is doing this to people in the Penn State locker room, um, you have to you can only imagine what he was doing to people, right? In in spaces that he owned, you know, yeah. he, he felt even more comfortable. Uh, he even brought trouble kids through Penn State facilities, including the famed Beaver Stadium, bought them gifts, and took them to sporting events. Curly did not notify university police or have the graduate assistant further question involving the incident. No other legal or university incident entity uh, was investigated, uh, or no other university entity investigated the case. So basically it stopped there. And the, and the problem that I have is this. Even if, which is still sickening, even if you didn't call the police police, at least if you'd have told the university police, it would eventually got to the real police, right. which would have kind of alleviated the responsibility. Of whatever. They go, well, it happened on our campus. We felt like we need to tell our university police first. And then if they felt like they should have went to the police, at least it would seemed like you cared. And yeah, well, university police are real cops. Yes, they are. So it's not like, like they would fucking go there and arrest that dude and whatever. He'd go, and, he'd and, go to and, jail. And, and they should have. And, 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 and not to get off topic, if you do this for, for, for this particular case like this, this is why when people come and say a lot of these y'all's universities don't take rape, like female and date rape seriously, this, yeah. is, this makes you say, okay, y'all really don't give a fuck because y'all let this old man do this. So how many legitimate rape cases, a drug rape, a drug, you know, doping cases have came and y'all did the same thing? So apparently uh, they didn't tell the police, all right, um, they didn't investigate any further. Um, so, uh, and it would have helped, 
because apparently he was investigated in 1998 hmm. uh, for incidents with children in football building showers. Damn. So this is like the exact crime that he was committing. He was investigated for doing it, and they never even did like a background check or anything. They just completely wanted to get rid of this. Um, Curly instead took it upon himself to inform the director of Second Mile about the change, the charge. Uh, although it didn't concern, uh, it didn't concern potential sodomy of a minor. So um, basically, he told Curly that, hey, I mean, I'm sorry, Curly told the molester, Sardusky, uh, hey, dog, um, I know about this shit. Um, I'm going to leave out the child rape shit, but chill. And Curly told the grand jury that he was merely told, that he was merely told that Sardusky was, Sandusky was horsing around with the boy. In the shower butt naked? Okay. Yeah. What kind of horseplay like that, that that's, dog? That's what, we, that's what we do? Nobody horseplays like that, dog. And, and and if so, why would the grad assistant come tell you that? Like you had a meeting with the fucking uh, finance and business to, uh, president, vice president, to say uh, somebody was horsing around. Yeah, you, that you, doesn't even make fucking sense. No, you're dealing with the people about money, so they think of potential lawsuits. Um, let's see. Uh, and you and you would think any like, and maybe I just don't know, but goddamn, any liability lawyer would be like, our liability is much higher. If we lie, yes, we are now complicit in a fucking crime. Yes, and it just seems so yeah, stupid. I, I don't understand whose smart idea it was to continue to do this. It's like to me, no, nobody, nobody had enough common sense to say we need to tell somebody because the longer we let this sit, the longer we let this do, the more lawsuits we have. And I promise you, this little boy ain't the only one. It's going to be other children that's getting ready to come out the closet and, and tell. They're getting ready to get sued the pants off of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, of course, uh, <laughs> so Schultz uh, said that he got the impression that that shows the business guy mm-hmm. for the people keeping track. Sandusky might have inappropriately grabbed the young boy's genitals while wrestling around. In the shower. Yeah. While okay. butt naked. And that's still inappropriate. Both Curly and Schultz are charged with perjury for claiming the grad assistant didn't inform them of sexual activity. Uh, Curly later mm-hmm. t- met with Sandusky and told him he was no longer allowed to bring children onto Penn State campus. Now, right there. You're admitting you fucking know. You're guilty. Yeah. Hey, stay the fuck off our campus with this shit. Everybody's looking for the compromise, right? That, that allows them to, to feel comfortable about and allows them to convince themselves that they've done the right thing without right. actually um, caused, without, without actually having caused Sandusky any inconvenience because for whatever yeah. everybody's concerned about what he feels and what You happens. can fuck him, but not here. So, That's basically what they yeah. said. Like, uh, yeah. we don't mind you doing being a child rapist. But keep it off of Penn State, all right? Yeah. Um, so Curly, uh, you know, after he met with them, he forwarded the, re- uh, the report to University President Graham Spanier, who approved of Sardusky's ban from bringing children on the campus, and, he- and himself never reported the incident to the police. So even he thought it was cool. On the base of the grand jury findings, Sardusky was arrested Saturday morning and charged with seven counts of involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, eight counts of corruption of minors, eight counts of endangering the welfare of a child, seven counts of indecent assaults and other offenses. He was released Saturday on a $100,000 bail, so he got some dough. 
to get out. Um, Pennsylvania Attorney General's uh, Pennsylvania's Pennsylvania's Attorney General cited incidents involving Sandusky that ran from 1994 to 2009, including the above act. Um, Curly and Schultz are expected to turn themselves in. And uh, attorneys to, for both men released some statements proclaiming their innocence. I mean, come on. What? <laughs> come on, man. Why did you tell him to stay off campus? Why did you, if it's just horsing around, why, why are you having meetings? Man? Why are you, like, really? Come on, man. This is some old stick to your lie shit right here. Yeah. Like, you just like, we done made this one lie. We fight on that lie. Yes, exactly. Slim Charles. Yes. Yeah, until, until we forced to say otherwise. I'm sorry, until we're forced to say otherwise, that's what we're going to do. We said it, we're sticking to it, and the thing is that they're going to ride these dudes for a while, then they're going to plead no contest or plead something, and they're going to smack them a fine or, or community service or a year to in jail, and they're going to call it a day. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. And some people, you know, Jim Trestle lost his job for not talking about tattoos. Right. But, but because there's this, there's this perception that old people can't be assholes and old people can't be crooked. Like, every old person that you see, um, that old couple you see on the street and you think, oh, they're so cute. They're old. Listen, when that guy was 50 years ago, that guy was an asshole and you wouldn't have been able to put up with him. Or that guy was crooked. That guy was wife <laughs> doing whatever, right? So Joe Pa's like, oh, he's cute, fuzzy little Joe Pa. Can't walk now. Has to coach games from um, the press box. But he knew what he was doing too, because this is what this is what really bothers me about college football coaches and college basketball coaches too, to a certain extent. But because these guys position position themselves not only as leaders of the football team, but as like uh, you know, like the moral touchstone for the university community, and they talk all this all this big talk about you know setting examples of of manhood and, and raising these boys, and I treat them all like my own. And and, and again, I'm not just the coach; I'm the example setter. Uh, the moral example setter, even though like time and again, uh, a lot of these cats are, 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 are proven to be frauds. Like look at Bill McCartney, like the leader of the, um, the promise keepers movement. Um, you know, and he built this team at university of Colorado, uh, by recruiting gang members from LA and kind of, and playing on these like gang affiliations to recruit certain guys over other guys. You know what I'm saying? Like he was not afraid to get down and dirty with it. If he thought that was, that was what was going to get, um, a top flight recruit to his school. And now Joe Pye in this case, Again, for whatever reason, these guys are really concerned about Sandusky's feelings, but you would think, um, you know, everybody's father, his name is even Paterno, for, for God's sakes, you would think at some point he would have said, hey, what, would, what, what, what happened with uh, those sexual assault allegations um, at our school? Did anything ever come of that? Like, but people, again, just kind of make themselves comfortable with this compromise and think the problem is going to disappear. And, like, I, it, that's beyond disgusting to me. Yeah, and the thing is, for me, um, like, th- clearly, these dudes, I, I mean, like, okay, this, I saw a fan, and I'm not naming names and stuff, they they probably know who they are if they listen to the show, but I saw one of the fans of the show be like, I'm still a proud, you know, Penn State person today and all this shit, and I'm like, isn't it kind of too soon for that shit? Like, don't you at least want to give it a day to be like, yeah, man, this was <laughs> fucked up. Right. I really ain't trying. I ain't feeling this shit today. Like, of all the days to be like, now nah, I'm holding my head high. Like, no, nah, man, this is fucked up. And, you know, and, and it's, and it, you know, not to get too deep, man, but it just, this whole attachment to these fucking schools, man, Universities. It's, it's so sad to me, man. Yes, I mean, is. there's a certain, like, level of attachment you should have 
to wherever you go get your education and, and make friends and have a good time. You should have that. But there's a point in time where it's like, hey, um, did you know your school <laughs> might have been complicit in some fucking child rapes? Yeah, I'm out. Uh, not today. I'd have been. They were. They were. Shit. Like at that school, you know. I mean, it's just one of those moments where it's like that's my alma mater. I get it, but you know, I can't get caught up in uh, that type of affiliation. These motherfuckers don't speak for me. You know, it's just it's just a team. But yeah, I don't know. And 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 then I think I think uh, because we went to a smaller university, I understand people's you know, love and camaraderie for the university. But truth be told, that university don't give a damn about you. And a lot of people got student loans they're going to be paying for for the rest of their lives. The college is the business, and they're going to do what's best for the business. And, yes, you are uh, associated and affiliated with it due to your, agree- your degree. But when they do some fucked up shit, you got to be like, oh, that was fucked up, and keep it moving. Well, the attorney general says this is a case about a sexual predator who used his position with the university and community to repeatedly prey on young boys. It's also a case about high-ranking university officials who allegedly failed to report sexual assault of a young boy after the information was brought to their attention and later made false statements to a grand jury that the that was investigating a series of assaults on young boys. Um, and I'm sure somewhere the Catholic Church is like, why didn't you just transfer the guy? Um, <laughs> it's at, it is actually even more than that, a stomach-turning 23-page grand jury report that could be the ugliest scandal in history of college athletics. That's, so. what, that's what gets me about this whole thing. I was talking to, um, I don't know if you guys know Terrence Chambers from... from yeah. Uh, yeah. See him on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. So we were talking about this, and it was like, um, what's amazing to me, you know, when he brought this up too, is that this scandal isn't bigger news than it is. And you think about how big how big of a bombshell it was, you know, when we learned that Ohio State players were getting small amounts of cash and tattoos, uh-huh. you know, in exchange for their signatures. And that, like, that was, like, earth-shattering news to, to college football. And the, the college football world damn near stopped turning when we heard that some booster was giving these Miami kids money. Um, and both of those stories made a much bigger impact than this one is making, but you you talk about like like where are people's priorities when it's a bigger deal to us that a guy gets some money or that a guy gets some tattoos than it is that you know this 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 coach slash former coach you know systematically repeatedly serially was using his influence um, to do this to kids and we're not nearly as outraged over this as as we are over the idea that Terrell Pryor might have got some money and some free tattoos. And and well, Borg, wait a minute, Morgan. Those guys were black, though. They got that money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And guys. and and I uh, 100% agree with Morgan. And I think the bigger issue uh, boils down to the constitution of universities. Universities are about protecting themselves. Yep. They don't care about the players. They don't care about the student body at all. And I feel as though a lot of people on the outside of other universities who have shit going on, they university, they swiping, they, they wiping their eyebrow, go, whoo, at least they ain't over here fucking up our shit. And because a lot of the, uh, general public of the, uh, not, the, but the fans, of the universities go, I don't give a shit what y'all do, just don't let shit break out by my university. And it's sad, but uh, it go, that goes back to this undying um, loyalty. loyalty that fans have to the universities when the universities don't give a shit. In fact, this should be larger news. 
Somebody, a child got raped. Many children got raped because this continued on. This just stopped and he did it in 2002. They just arrested him. Imagine the other children during this period of time that you literally turned your back on and allowed this man to have access to him. But yet you will, but yet everybody gets outraged when somebody that's grown can't make any, everybody makes money off this person's identity and this person's likeness, but them, the fans get more pissed about that than they do this. They'll be willing to back the university up more about a kid getting raped than they will about somebody giving a child a dollar. Well, the other thing Because too, amateur status uh, is, is sacrosanct, and these kids' innocence is not, right? It's insane. Right, and the other thing I would throw out there is, and I feel like this almost goes back to the whole beginning of the show, but... People, uh, part of our psyche just does not like to think about the idea that these kids play for free. And therefore, we kind of dehumanize the kids. We turn them into, oh, they're just, these motherfuckers are lucky. They get all the breaks. They're getting a free education. Like, we turn it into, like, oh, they, they're just fucking lucky to even be getting a, a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And, and once you turn it into that, you strip their motivations, you strip their humanity. Isn't this essentially already what the NCAA is doing? Fucking these kids. Yeah, that's like, it's it. already, it's almost like it couldn't be more plain. The perfect metaphor, exactly. Like, let's turn our, our blind eye while somebody fucks these kids. And the thing is, like, this dude does not fit the profile of who America likes to be angry at. Nope. Like, we like to be angry at the kids. It's much more, um, it's just an easier sale. This kid doesn't look like you. He doesn't deserve to drive the car he's driving. He doesn't deserve that money. I have to pay for my education. He gets a free ride. Like, there's all these things you can throw out there where you can just make up this boogeyman. And next thing you know, Terrell Pryor is just some sort of entitled jock who just doesn't know how good he has it. Right. As opposed to this guy who's kind of like an NBA owner. You identify with him. Looks like your pop pop. Probably worked himself up from the bottom. And he probably made all kinds of money, and he's doing good for himself. He's the American dream. You sit down and eat Thanksgiving dinner with a motherfucker that looks just like this every year, and it's a lot harder to hate him for the average college fan. And that's exactly what I think is playing out. Yeah, because it, overall, the uh, fan base when it comes to college sports, even though a lot of people across the board love college sports, but when it comes to the larger, the larger universities, um, it's a predominantly white base, and that's that's the truth. So a lot of these children, uh, I call them children, or young adults, are, are it's very easy to um, make them seem like the villain, and it's very easy to uh, make it appear as though they don't deserve to. Well, they don't belong. You look at the crowd, you look at the coaches, you look at that circle, that clique of uh, people who, who are boosters for the college area. Like, you look in a college crowd, on any, especially these elite uh, athletic programs, and you take out, you just start randomly picking kids out of the school. Which one doesn't look like he belongs? It's mm-hmm. that fucking simple. Mm-hmm. Literally, you did a random fucking sample of, hey, let's take a hundred people from fucking Notre Dame. <laughs> the chances of you running into that, you'll pick out the athlete. I'll put it that way. You <laughs> pick out the athlete easily. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll throw out about this, um, and first of all, yeah, everybody need to be fired, minimum. Yes. Uh, if not yeah. charged with something, if not charged with something like so, like people are so caught up on this po- college sports shit that they start the bar at, well, is he going to lose his job? Nigga, is he going to go to prison? You covered up child rape. You <laughs> yes. covered up child rape. You should go to jail. Go to um, jail. And then the other thing is the way that they immediately started protecting this dude. 
What did he know? Yes. <laughs> like, what? Does he know where the bodies are buried? Cause well, you're the- right. Well, this is what I was saying. They, all these guys seem like unusually preoccupied with whether or not Sandusky is comfortable. And nobody, yeah, nobody, ever, nobody seemed to want to piss him off too bad. You're right. Yeah, I just wonder. Maybe he didn't yeah. know anything, but seems like you really gonna risk prison time for a motherfucker doing right. something that nobody would agree with. <laughs> nobody yes. would agree with but somehow you're gonna risk perjuring your own self what did he know and on top of that uh i think that also with this going down it's some violations some major major violations that got broke that he knows of or knows something about or was involved in it or they were involved in it with the connection with him and they say if we piss him off too bad or if we throw him underneath the bus He's going to start singing, and the NCAA will be up our asses. Yeah. But you know what? If the NCAA would have been up your asses in 2002, 2011, this shit would have been over with by now. Right. Look at the hurricanes. A snitch brought them down. This is what I'm saying. Like, that's what I sound like they were scared of, that dude knowing where the bodies were. Mm-hmm. Anyway, man. Um, This has been another episode of the Blackout Tips, mm-hmm. where we talked about robbable white people. Talked about white people having all kinds of problems with the Herman Cain thing. Morgan thinks they're going to be jumping on his bandwagon. I say there's no way in hell. <laughs> he's too scary of a black man. They don't like that. Um, oh, he's too friendly, but... Now, nah, walking down the street, you see Herman Cain and you see Barack Obama. I think people cross the street from Herman Cain. Just, just on yeah. eyesight. Oh, just on eyesight. Women for sure. Yeah, women for sure. Oh, yeah. Going, going, going. And he would cross the street right after him. Man. Herman Cain. Now, here's the case I'd make if I'm Herman Cain, because people are like, well, how can he be president after this? The case I would make if, if I'm Herman Cain, I'd be like, look, as your president, um, I would be this, this problem would disappear, because the problem before was that I was the president of the National Restaurant Association and didn't have enough power um, as the president of the National Restaurant Association, uh, to make women comply with my sexual advances. Whereas if I'm the president of the United States, <laughs> the world, any woman would dream of turning me down, and therefore there's no harassment. <laughs> yeah, before, before the 999 plan, he had a 69-69-69 plan. <laughs> so that's, that's what he did. Now, um, first of all, let me just uh, highlight your sites, and then y'all tell them about your Twitter. Um, the mundane festival dot Tumblr is uh Chris Lambert's uh website slash blog where he posts all kinds of random things that he likes and that he's into. And of course on YouTube just search Chris Lambert comedy. Uh Chris, you got any upcoming shows you want to promote and what's your Twitter? Uh Twitter is uh at Chris Lambert, uh C H R I S Lambert, L A M B E R T H, Lamb Giving Birth without the I. Uh upcoming shows right now, uh Manchester Pub on the twenty first in New York City, like seven o'clock. Um and then hopefully some stuff in Virginia on in uh at the Arlington Draft House on in November and December. So look look forward to that. Cool. Um, now, Morgan, of course, allballsdon'tbounce.com. Yeah. You know, great podcast on iTunes, All Balls Don't Bounce. Um, buy morgancampbell.wordpress.com yeah. for, uh, for his personal blogging and all that stuff and sports 
commentary. I subscribe to it. I get an email when he updates it. Yes, sir. Um, and, uh, of course, he's on Twitter, um, at Morgan P. Campbell. Morgan. And the P stands for what, Karen? The P stands for prolific R&B singer. That's right. <laughs> he's singing some notes. Where's the Deborah Cox? <laughs> and this episode was, uh, well, first of all, BlackOutTips.com, the BlackOutTips, iTunes, Facebook, Stitcher, all that shit. Look us up. Donate to the show. Go to the BlackOutTips.com. You can donate. You can buy stuff in the store. Be cool. Be one of the cool people. You can call the show, 704-557-0186. And you can email the show, the BlackOutTips at gmail.com. Uh, of course, the official, uh, well, not official, the sponsor, I was going to say official weapon. The, the official sponsor <laughs> for this show was Shadow Dog Productions, and they're doing the Dirt Cheap Therapy Blu-ray giveaway. Retweet their tweets that pertain to this contest, and you will be entered, or go to their website and buy some shit. Mm-hmm. Things start as low as 99 cents, and you can be entered for a free, a free Blu-ray that stars me and Karen, kind of. Yes. So if you like us, get some free Blu-ray shit with us on it. Yeah, so we do have our own page on ShadowDog.com. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Um, uh, until next time. I love you. You too, baby. Mwah. For real, we are. You know, where the real niggas is popping the cristal. Not that, that white star. <laughs> Word, where the real niggas at? You like them thug style, link rockin', the mink poppin' Hit you on the sink, a hundred dollar drink poppin' The head to make you take them shopping, the foul doctrine Reminiscent of my first time I been a chick You was innocent, but now you rent a dick, we're the tightest shit Chanel lookin' real, airbrush nails Hit the gym, hit the scales, haven't said but negligent To see your prophecy, your ebony tone is lockin' me The way you moan make me daydream of you on top of me Wishing I could be the one man But you juggle way too many willies all in one hand You wanna run up in clubs Getting rubbed on Niggas pull your hair Shake your fat rear Get your fuck on Following week You back there But what you stuck on Weed clouds and cars Puffing with some little nigga Husband not knowing She's out Could you believe Eve Mother earth for the seas Niggas thirst you You just let them hurt you And leave What up mom Frontin' like you naive Push a man's whip Calling police When you flip Can't understand it Yo it should be a throne for us But for now That's a whole different zone From us World Sun's all shining Looking low fun Pretty little face Get a little high Young girl struggling Trying to survive Over of the earth She made you and I Just how to play The same old games Messing with my mind Emotional games Grow up girl and said you want revenge So now you act the nicest So who's ever getting down to trifles To get his mind all you do is give him something priceless Cousin Tom here realized the thighs is all he need More than weed Then you hit him off with lies and greed There you go again starting wars Making me more yours Seem to get a kick out of keeping me on all fours Face glistening I'm addicted to you Original wisdom body got me picturing you Igloos the ice kicking on you You never listen to this nigga spinning Franklin's Or tennis anklets Must have had a bad day in the past though, can't even keep it real with a nigga with cash flow. Say men are all the same. What we need to do is break this chain. You got a job part-time in school's your night thing with dreams to settle out. It ain't far from now. You getting interviewed, but your boss is into getting screwed. Typical day that the black girl sees coming home wanting more from a college degree. Uh.
So where the coke is, nice a thug life niggas Yo, you seem hopeless, your value Too much to be measured, I wonder how you Could ever be played, your pussy worth gold amounting to More than the world, but not knowing nothing about you You leaving the crib, taking all your kids out to Drop them off, letting some nigga knock you off So hot and soft, that's the same thing that got you lost Growing up, seeing it, it should remind you You being lied to